Best of the bad. Let's say hello to Robert Anglin. <laughs> Wes Craven, more than any other director, is almost single-handedly responsible for the tradition of meta horror that's more popular than ever today as everything is essentially self-referential in today's endless drip of pop culture, like a never-ending intellectual property web. Scream is Wes Craven's most well-known meta-horror franchise, serving to deconstruct and almost parody classic horror movie tropes that were cliche by the 1990s. You should never say who's there. Don't you watch scary movies? It's a death wish. You might as well just come out here to investigate a strange noise or something. <laughs> Look... <laughs> You've had your fun now, so I think you better just leave or else. Or else what? Or else my boyfriend will be here any second and he'll be pissed when he finds out. I thought you didn't have a boyfriend. I lied! Meta horror basically posits that there's a continuity between the real world and the world that horror movies project onto the screen. And it seeks to explore and satirize the horror genre in ways that deconstruct our fears and viewing experience. Often, sometimes literally as in Scream, taking apart the tropes that we've come to expect from the horror genre and asking why they work or don't work, and attempting to lay bare the absurdity of an industry based around blood, gore, and fear that unfolds on film sets in the Hollywood Dream Factory. Because he's probably dead. His body will come popping up in the last reel somewhere. Eyes gouged out, fingers cut off, teeth knocked out. See, the police are always off track with this shit. If they'd watch Palm Night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. However, two years before Wes Craven made Scream, he utilized the same genre deconstructing techniques on a different project. Scream hoped to reinvigorate the slasher subgenre at a time when an overabundance of slasher films had made it fairly stale. Tonight's film was Wes Craven's attempt to try that on a much smaller scale, deconstructing Craven's own work first before trying to explore an entire subgenre hoping to inject some new blood into a languishing franchise on its 10th anniversary. Tonight we're talking about New Nightmare, the seventh installment of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, 
and the first one Wes Craven had written and directed since the original. Miss me. New Nightmare brought back original Nightmare on Elm Street cast members, including Heather Langenkamp, Robert England, and John Saxon. They all play themselves, as does Wes Craven. The problem comes when the story dies, and that can happen in a lot of ways. It can get too familiar to people, or somebody waters it down to make it an easier sell, you know, or maybe it's just so upsetting to society that it's banned outright. However it happens when the story dies, the evil is set free. In the 10 years since The Nightmare on Elm Street, six entries had been made into the franchise, and each time they had strayed farther from Wes Craven's original vision. Rather than being deeply evil and scary, Freddy Krueger became increasingly cartoonish. Wes Craven left his franchise to other directors and didn't like the direction they took it. He returned as a screenwriter for Dream Warriors, the only one to get positive reviews. The souls of the children give me strength. However, the direction was left to Chuck Russell, who was lambasted by Roger Ebert for his directing style. In New Nightmare, Wes Craven took control as both writer and director once again. He stripped away the most ridiculous parts of the franchise, including Robert England's increasingly over-the-top portrayal of Freddy Krueger. Freddy's glove was missing, and police are speculating the murders were the result of a botched theft, which apparently took place two days ago. At this point, the murder weapon has not been New Nightmare is a film that explores the toll that creating and maintaining a horror movie franchise takes on everyone involved. It does not exist within the continuity of the rest of the franchise, which makes sense, as that would require the acknowledgement that Nightmare on Elm Street is a film franchise in the universe of the film. It exists in the wake of Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Freddy Krueger has seemingly been killed off, as the 22% of Rotten Tomatoes would testify. You may recall, or maybe you don't, that in the sixth installment of the popular series, Freddy Krueger, the monster with the knives for fingers, was finally killed for once and all. Unfortunately, it now appears that the series generated an evil force which has been liberated by the screenplay for a sequel. But what is Freddy? What is a horror movie? Once a character is put on the screen, can it ever really die? Wes Craven takes the ideas that became A Nightmare on Elm Street back to basics his own nightmares, and the writing process that flowed out of them serve as the catalyst for New Nightmare. And for uh, 10 years, he's been held captive pretty much as Freddy in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. But now that the films have ended, the teeny's out of the bottle. That's, that's what the nightmares are telling me, and that's what I'm writing. Nightmare on Elm Street in its original form already felt somewhat meta in the fact that it's a multi-layered dreamscape that continually returns to different parts of its own narrative. In the world of sleep, Craven was able to ask questions about what's real, what's fake, and where that overlaps. And so, New Nightmare was able to pretty easily add layers onto that, melding more of the conscious and subconscious than ever. Heather Langenkamp, 10 years after A Nightmare on Elm Street, is hiding from her final girl fame, living with her FX artist husband Chase and son Dylan. Well, you know I'm doing a lot more television now, so those hours let me spend a lot more time with my husband and my little boy. That's right, you have a little boy. What's his name? Dylan. With Dylan, d does that change your feeling, your perspective about horror movies? No, not really. I mean, would you let him see one of your movies? My son? <laughs> no. Chase, of Cut to the Chase FX, is hired by Wes Craven secretly to work on a revamped claw for a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie. In this one, there will be a more realistic and scary Freddy Krueger. 
During the writing process, Wes Craven loses control of the story, writing a screenplay that becomes reality as he writes. That's because Freddy Krueger is no longer contained by an ongoing franchise that's captured something real. The idea of Freddy Krueger, the idea of evil incarnate, is trying to push its way into the real world. New Nightmare is basically the Citizens United of intellectual property, positing that a character that ubiquitous can manifest itself into the real world. Real world is littered with the ongoing franchise, showing Wes Craven's clear disgust with the abundance of merchandising. Freddy Krueger toys, posters, costumes, all sapping away the primal core of what Wes Craven believed made the original character scary. And so, Freddy manifests himself, trying to take possession of Heather's son, Dylan. There are also many hints to what Wes Craven would end up exploring within the Scream universe. Do horror movies influence the real world, the psychological development of kids? This man from your films, Freddy Krueger, have you been seeing him? No. Can real-life psychopaths, like the fan who repeatedly calls Heather's house, be influenced by the horror movie characters they worship? And what psychological toll does being famous for being a character in a bloody violent genre take on the actors involved? Although the in-universe Wes Craven loses control of the screenplay, it's clear that New Nightmare was an attempt, a successful attempt in my opinion, to take back control of his franchise. And in the process, it launched a mode of storytelling that's become so ingrained in our culture that it's hard to imagine horror movies without it. The more she read, the more she realized what she had in her hands was nothing more or less than her life itself. That everything she had experienced and thought was bound within these pages. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Hit that bell to get notified whenever we're streaming. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live stream, send us a super chat, which helps me keep the show running, which I am obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Conan Neutron, host of Bretonic Reversal, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends has a new split LP with Lung, Adult Prom, available now on Bandcamp. J. Andrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host for Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Christina Oaks, this Barbie is streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Cosmopolitics. Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at Cosmopolitics. Send her some subs on Twitch. Reagan Bush is a vocalist for the Oklahoma City rock band Chat Pile and a major film aficionado. Find him on Letterboxd or Touring the West starting in November, sometimes at the same time. He also co-hosts Across the Pioneerverse podcast dedicated to exploring the filmography of Albert Pion. One, two, four is coming for you. Three, four, time to host some more. <laughs> there it is, folks. <laughs> By the way, nice pumpkin, Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
That's from an old album. Years ago. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show. Also, also, I hate this. Video. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. I was I was searching for like a picture to to use as a as an icon, and I was like, well, I can't not use the pumpkin one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. So I saw Reagan on tour in Lawrence, Kansas, on my drive out to our tour, and oh. that's when we decided to do this film. And I thought it was an inspired choice, although we threw a couple of out there. Um, Thank you. And I think this is going to be a really cool discussion. But uh, w- before we dive into it, and I'm just going to take control because I haven't been on in a few weeks. Uh, <laughs> what what led you to think of New Nightmare? Because I think it's a good choice, but like it's not like not one that people think of normally. Was this my choice? I think that you gave me some options and I picked this. Maybe man, Grandpa had been drinking. That's all I got to say. I probably gave well, you like a dozen you me, options. You gave me like five options, maybe. And I chose this for some reason. I don't know why I picked this. I, I was thought, taking him away from his fans, like, and I, I was that, like, I want to do it quickly. I think that there was like this one just seemed like there'd be a lot to talk about with, you know. Well, because it's like Scream before it was before Scream was a thing, like, exactly. Literally. And yeah. and it's and that's I guess the good place to start off as any is the fact that this is a, like the first meta where movie, and now we're so just besought by meta everything, in, yeah. in not just in horror but in all genres. But it's impossible to overstate how crazy this was at the time and how not scary Freddy had become, just cartoonish like a clown. Yeah. And I in saw this. Most. The week it came out in the theater, and uh, and a little little movie by an underrated auteur director uh, called uh, Pulp Fiction also came out, and uh, I didn't know anything about it. I, I was like, oh, the Reservoir Dogs guy has a new movie? Cool. Uh, that was a little more popular than this. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the Reservoir Dogs guy has a new movie? Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's, that, that's pretty cool. Oh, my God, Freddy. I was stoked. I was like, oh, they because you see the trailer, and it's so mysterious, and you're like, I was like, oh, snap, is this a nightmare movie? Like yeah. this actually looks they, scary. They didn't even show <laughs> Freddy in any of the trailers no. until after it came out because they didn't want people to say, "Oh, another Nightmare on Elm Street film." Oh, it was just know. Wes Craven's new Nightmare, and I was like, new, "Is this a new one? That, does What's that going? mean what I think it means?" Because they did the last one before this was, <laughs> I think they called it Freddy's Dead, right? It was yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> we don't no, yeah, we don't we don't talk about that one. I'm violating my own rule by talking too much about other ones, but like it was the sixth well, I mean, one. It is, don't it talk about it. Talk about just because like there was a Freddy fatigue that was happening yes. because yeah. you were for a while getting, fatigue. getting a movie a year, Freddy Krueger, uh, just about, or, or maybe every other year, but it was like a year, every other, it was, it was really close to that, that we were. Yeah. And all the another. Friday the 13th. And you know, like we were just getting slasher fatigue, like to the point where people were like, okay, we're tired of like this specific genre of horror. And you really didn't see a lot of horror movies until like Candyman, which explored like an yeah. interracial dynamic. Like it's it's so people were just so tired that there was nothing new, fresh, and innovative to do with the genre. And and especially Freddy, like just because yeah. yeah. from the original Nightmare is a masterpiece, I think, or not masterpiece. Yeah. It's, it's a really well done film, right? Yeah. Not everything has to be a masterpiece. I have to stop fucking doing that. Yeah. But it is like, a masterpiece. Let's be real. Although, although I will say that. Uh, Freddie pulling his finger off and then like the piss coming out and him going and him and him going that that that's a masterpiece that's a that's a master stroke yeah. of uh but but what what i'm what i'm driving at is with the exception of dream warriors which is pretty good like the there was a lot of appetite for franchising and not a lot for coherent storytelling or film i like part four uh Part four is pretty good. Yeah, the kills Rennie, were good. The Rennie Harlan one. It's got yeah, the Roach one Death. One? That one's okay. The Roach Death, yeah. Uh, 
that's got what's her nuts in it. I had a huge crush on her. God damn. Oh, that, her. and you t- you know want to suck face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one's a lot of fun. I think it's just the kills got more ridiculous, gory, ridiculous. Obviously, yeah. and a lot of people probably were just wanting to see how Freddie would kill these people, these kids off. <laughs> Yo, so the, so this is this is Robert England talking about the changes that uh, Freddie went through, and I thought we're going to be here for thirty minutes because he talks a lot. Lisa Wilcox is who I was thinking of, by the way. In case anyone was wondering who I had a crush on, it was oh, <laughs> Alice. Was Lisa Wilcox. <laughs> Alice was a good character. Alice was the only, and she had a good arc because like she started off kind of like you know as a nothing Shy final and... girl, and then like she kind of turned it around. I thought that was a neat. Uh, that was like one of the only really memorable storylines I think. Were you know who else had an arc? Noah. All right. Let's... How long were you saving that one for? I don't know. Since I watched The Sopranos. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Let's see what, what you guys say. Genius of Wes's original hook and gimmick, which is the nightmare. Sure. And also the fact that I am what else could be. I'm the logo of the experience of having seen eight, nine, eight night world, seven nightmare on Elm Street movies and Freddy versus Jason. But that's. I am the logo of that experience, Freddy Krueger. Right. So I get that love, you know, just because of the nature of playing the character, whether, whether you know, I did it well or not, if the show is a hit, because people love dreams or nightmares. Well, let's talk just a little bit about the transition of Freddy over the course of these eight movies and a season of TV shows and all of that. Um, he got to be much more of a prankster and jokester. But, I mean, there's been a real change over and over and over. And, and just from your perspective, I'd love to see what you think. Well, I, I think some of the change was uh, fan-inspired. Uh, we had so much fan mail after the original Nightmare on Elm Street where people liked the personality. And, and, and maybe Freddy is the first monster truly with a personality. Certainly... Uh, an attitude and a sense of fun. He likes his work. Mm-hmm. Mr. Kruger does. Uh, unapologetic, politically incorrect, and on a revenge motif. Uh, if Frankenstein rose from the ashes of that mill and could go after those the sons and daughters of those good burgers, uh, that's sort of what what what, what Freddy's done. You know, if Freddy is the monster and the parents are the villagers, he's punishing the children of the villagers. So what happened was we embraced uh, in the later sequels this personality, this attitude, this sense of humor. Um, some of the Freddy so-called Clint Eastwood lines or whatever you want to call them uh, became, you know, almost uh, national, you know, quoted lines for they a were while. Catchphrases, yeah, they yeah. became uh, things that kids would say in school and you'd hear them on talk shows and things like that. And uh, I think we probably jumped the shark along about Nightmare on Elm Street Part 6, Freddy's Dead. <laughs> but, and I must say this in, in, in defense of Rachel Talalay and all of my wonderful friends that worked on that film. We did it intentionally. Right. You know, Rachel brings more than a little bit of John Waters with her to the set, you know. So we had some fun with that. And, and we did it intentionally. It was a bit of a Warner Brothers cartoon element I know, uh-huh. on some of those sequences. Then. And we also were really going after the culture and the culture of my victims. If my kid was a skater dater, he would get, the, I would, Freddie would skate. If the kid was playing with, it was a Game Boy, Freddie would get him in the game. So we were really after the culture on that one. And you could say we jumped the shark on it, but I, again, it was intentional. Uh, and we kind of returned to form and, and also deconstructed 
the whole franchise with Wes Craven's new new nightmare. But one of the things that happened, this is in the middle, uh, and we had some wonderful directors then, Renee Harlan and Stephen Hopkins, but I, I remember sometimes I would, we would do a scene and I would have a line sometimes and it would be a catchphrase or I would improvise a line. And then um, other times I would do something really dark. There'd be a kiss of death, a sort of Freddy kiss of death. And uh, I rather like some of those. Some of them were a little violent. Some of them were a little strange. But I think what happened is on a couple of the movies that were rushing post, the editors fell in love with the punchline mm-hmm. because it gave the scene a rhythm, a, a, a sort of editorial rim shot, right. if you will. And I think they relied on that sometimes to, uh, to the, maybe the detriment of Freddie's character a little bit. I, we, I don't think we ever really became like a Catskills comic, but he became maybe a little too much of a prankster or a little too much of a, of, of a wisecracker. Uh, and, and I think maybe I, if we could go back in time, there might have been one or two of those, gosh, this sounds creepy, one or two of those kills I'd like to do over again right. and have them you know, look, look, look through what's on the cutting room floor and, and find one of those dark choices and, and stick it back in there. Yeah, I feel like um, like through, throughout that process, right, like he captures so much of what uh, Wes Craven is trying to do with New Nightmare, what he's trying to deconstruct with New Nightmare within that right. answer. And, you know, the like the talk show part of it and the catchphrases and the fact that kids are just kind of running around saying Freddie lines in school and like the actual the cultural. Uh, in, I got I got that, the glove yeah. from uh, Toys R Us. <laughs> but but also but also like seven seven movies in 10 years. An insane amount of movies. Like too many. That's too many movies. That's too many. Yeah. Even, even Marvel doesn't do that many fucking sequels. Yeah. By the time they with with four with Dreammaster being such a success, they rush they rush 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 with Nightmare Five. But there is a Never Sleep Again, which is a documentary that details all the whole franchise, even Freddy versus Jason, and then of course the revamp, which sucked. Um, but I do agree, and there's another thing too that Robert England has pointed out before. Like if he, if Freddy Krueger were to come back again, what he could get away with when it comes to terrorizing uh, kids in dreams, like maybe someone who might be on the spectrum, perhaps like he's even suggested that someone with OCD making something, you know, very, just making them very, very uncomfortable in, in a situation. And I feel like, you, you know, times have changed and, you know, people have certain fears and certain quirks about them. I'm like, he does have a point that, you know, Freddie could get away with doing a lot of, sh- a lot of stuff in the modern times. Freddie's just terrorizing an autistic kid. <laughs> He literally, he literally said that. He, he literally, he said that. I was like, okay, Robert, okay, I can see he just, that. He just, he just fucking, he just defeats them by putting his like making the noises with his fucking claw, and it's just like, oh, that's sensory overload. I, yeah. Well, that literally I, happened in Nightmares in Freddy's Dead, but whatever. Like, well, that's something that's interesting in this film. It's only adults, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, like the the kid is like the what they, what what do they call him? He's, he's like the yeah. The I wish man, it was but. only adults. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna take. Like we could have spared the babysitter, as far as I'm concerned. She did nothing wrong. She was innocent. Exactly, Julie. This is a pro Julie stream. Yeah. Did, did you uh, right. you know the original draft? She was supposed to become Freddy Krueger. She was like supposed yeah. to be his like uh, acolyte or, or something uh, apostate yeah. on Earth or something. And, and that's why that. that's why like that early scene where she's just she's kind of questionable. Like yeah. you're just like I don't know about her. But then when she she defends Dylan at the end, you're just like fuck yeah, she she's my yeah. queen. Punch out that nurse. Well, and then they do yeah. that that uh, sort of like history not repeating itself, but sometimes it rhymes 
move of yeah. like, dra- dragging her up the wall and this which yeah. is super like, cool because yeah. it's sort yeah. of like even though you've seen that before like you actually get to see what freddie did yeah to and, do that. And, and the way that it hits is like like i don't know like i don't and it's chekhov's uh uh you know stealing drag because it was mentioned at the beginning of the film yeah. sure <laughs> like it's 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 somehow scarier in a way that almost nothing in freddie's dead is because all that cartoonist like warner brothers stuff it's like Ugh. That's kind of where I started to dip out. I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I feel like it was in 3D. I, I feel like one of the things this movie does really well is it like has Robert England as like the campy kind of like he runs out doing the fucking Freddy and he's yeah. like, it's a talk show, right? Yeah. Yeah. That nightmare five makeup. It it, ha- it has him fully embracing that campy side of himself, which I feel like um, makes Freddy way more terrifying because you can still tell it's him, but it's like uh, it's like the side of him. That it's like, all right, well, that's the over-the-top kind of actor that portrays it. But, like, the real Freddy, if it came into, you know, if he was trying to break into the real world, like a Barbie movie or something, would, uh, yeah. would be... <laughs> would be Imagine that! Imagine Freddy coming back into the to his world, like, his learning all he would learn in the real world. Well, he even moves different. He looks different. He's dressed different. Like, he's not... I love that coat. That he's not smart-assing it up. Yeah. You know? The makeup is different. I do yeah, not no. like his pants. <laughs> that's that's my Freddy's leather pants. That's my uh, pants are. Yeah, <laughs> that is the good. that is. It does work with the boots though. The glove yeah. looks cool though, like the bone glove. It's like almost there. more uh, body horror. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, 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 but Wes Craven initially was like, "Yeah, I, I wanted Freddy to originally look like this in the first Nightmare on Elm Street." film but then apparently he later regret like he's like honestly in the end i kind of regretted changing up freddie i'm like no 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 no. he looks good here because you can tell that he's being taken over by entity so of course he's gonna have a more frightening look it's gonna be a different look sure yeah he's taller and stuff too yeah yeah somehow imposing yeah it's more it's more menacing and less cartoonish yeah i mean i know how many more ways i can say that exact same thing but like I, (laughs) i i it's notable because again Contextually, like I think it still works now, but it is impossible to overstate. Like I love these movies as a kid, like love them, mm-hmm. and, and like I saw, you know, the latter ones at, at, in the theater, and but and then like just they were just a video staple, right? And like it was even the bad ones. I seen them a bunch. Like I, I would never like. Master was the MTV one. Sure, yeah, but like this felt so different at the time. Like, and there was nothing doing this, and that's. Yeah. I really can't overstate that because it's groundbreaking in a way that ultimately I think Loki kind of defined horror for the next 20 years, unfortunately. And I I don't think Wes Craven gets the credit for that. No. He doesn't. Because we've had like 50 billion Scream sequels, so. Well, Scream is great. Okay, here's my take on it. You may not all may not agree. I love the original Scream, and I wish there was no sequels to it. (laughs) exactly like even though a couple of them like have some good moments or whatever i'm like i just wish that they had just done it's like the same with halloween i feel the same way. yes it's uh it's it's interesting though like at the time right like um like he did get the credit for nothing else feeling like this right like if you watch the reviews or like read the reviews of new nightmare they're like wow nothing feels like this and then uh, scream like two years later right like is the same thing they're like wow this is something like incredibly different than anything that we've really experienced before and then somehow that mode of storytelling got so culturally ubiquitous that like you can't even really i mean you can obviously trace it to him but like it doesn't get traced to him because and, of, and uh, it's the, yeah. the screenwriter of scream uh williams i think his name is um uh, got all the credit for scream and, and uh you yeah. know Wes craven 
uh, did not get the same kind of uh, love that that uh, the screenwriter did because I remember mm. how they were doing a lot of uh, glow ups of him after uh, after that. And like, yeah, well, because Wes, all, Wes had some misses. Tell, Wes had some serious misses. That's why he's he's very deferential <laughs> to the screenwriter of uh, of Scream when he does any kind of interview, like those po- post mortem interviews. He like shouts out the screenwriter and is like, "Oh no, that like it's all him." Yeah. Like he he gives credit and like deference to the screenwriter the same way that I feel like he gets it in other places. Yeah. Randy, uh, Reagan, did you get the, um, did you see scream or new nightmare first? Which one did you see first? Um, Hmm. That's a great question. Probably. Dang. Probably like right within each. I saw, didn't see this in theaters, but I saw scream in theaters. So I was probably like 10 when new nightmare came out. So, yeah, but like I, I probably was able to allow to rent it by the time Scream came out, you know, so <laughs> depending on your video store, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, my parents would just let me rent stuff like whatever, you know, but explain so much. <laughs> but um, Freddie, I was more Jason was more my deal. Women like, uh, love Freddie. Fair enough. <laughs> what? what? Explain that. What are you talking? about? Okay, so. The me- okay, so kids like Pennywise because uh-huh. clown. Okay. Men like Jason and Michael Myers. Okay. But women love Freddy because of his personality. Like he's the one who gets who talks. <laughs> I'm turned he's on already. One- yeah, he because he, he's got you know he's got the personality. Like if yeah. you ever went to a, a com- like Comic Con with uh, Robert England and also his like female kills or whatever. Yeah. They always talk about the, the the fan base for Freddy is like mostly female. Like, there's just something about Robert England that we all love. Well, when it, I met it him, kind of goes into the, the, the same thing that Robert England says in this and in other places where it's almost like a love story, uh, like the original Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Like, it's a love story between Nancy and him in a weird way. I mean, like in yeah. like the it's like inverse, obviously, because she's yeah. terrified. But like, there's some of that sexual like, tension. Yeah, and Robert England is like the first person to jump on that. For, you know, whatever. And at least she's of age this time, you know. Yeah, he picks up. She looked great. She's like she hadn't aged in ten years. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm just. It's. I'm curious. So, Christina, how about you? Like, what? What did you see? Scream first? Did you see New Nightmare first? Like, what? what oh, was I your... saw New Nightmare first. I remember okay. when I, my pop up loved watching horror movies, Alien, Aliens, all night. But the first horror movie that I remember seeing specifically when I was five years old was this one on VHS. Did you see it and before it Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, I saw it before Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. So I had so I had like expectations, but I remember vividly a lot of the scenes that really like stuck with me that I but again they didn't scare me. I'm and envisioning Christina watching the original Nightmare on Elm Street and be like, where's his leather pants? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, he looks different here. But yeah, and that and that kind of got me wanting to watch more horror films. He my papa would end up watching the other Nightmare on Elm Street franchises. I remember vividly because of the kills of Greta and Dan uh so yeah this this film kind of introduced me to horror and I've been desensitized ever since and then I I watched Scream later on uh probably when I was like in middle school because I because I feel like when Scream came out and again I'm old as shit so uh that it was like I was like oh it's kind of doing a new nightmare right on this is cool I'm like I'm enjoying like from like the first initial scene i was like oh this is cool this kind of hits like a like a metal 
<laughs> metasexual sort of vibe. Uh, <laughs> and it, but I was like, oh, but this reminds me of New Nightmare too, which is that's interesting because I like again uh, you can't overstate it. It's like you know Wes Craven like hit it early on, but it, like that it almost like New Nightmare almost seems like an art film by comparison. Oh yeah, and I I, I don't know like. How else to put it other than that? But it's like, I, I feel like New Nightmare, like, just kind of got, again, maybe it's coming out the same time as Pulp Fiction. Like, exactly. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, how do you feel, how do we feel about the meta horror genre in general? I mean, it can get pretty annoying pretty fast. Yes. Because think- it's it seems like so many films, horror films today, whether it be a thriller or a slasher or gory, there's always some, like, self-awareness. Yeah. There's something going on that I'm like, okay, we get like, like with Happy Death Day, I think that one was very meta, if I remember, because then it had a sequel. Um, so she knew what to expect and what to do. So, you know, she does get killed or whatever. Yeah. But um, even Ready or Not had some meta ness into it. Like, there's just so many. It's, I mean, I think I feel, like it's, into- I feel like it's the same thing as like the found the found footage genre in, in a way yes. like the the self referentialness of it right like it works really well in some in like specific projects but then so many people have tried to do it since mm-hmm. and it's like we're we're at this like really freakish point where even like advertisements now are self referential and yeah. uh, like ubiquitous in our culture and everything has to reference everything else because we're like in this social media moment where everybody's kind of. Uh, experiencing like these like you know like memes and fucking social media and all this stuff at the same time and it's impossible for that not to seep into every other part of the culture so i feel like the 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 self-referential part of horror like get really annoying really fast because it's like all right like you're referencing like people fucking walking in they say something from like tiktok or something that like as like a line in a in a fucking movie or like from youtube or something it's like jesus christ like i don't i hate this but at the same time, like, you know, going back to Scream or going back to this, like it, the self-referential nature of it, you do feel like it's something fresh because, you know, mm-hmm. commenting on uh, the way that our culture um, kind of uh, latched on to Freddy Krueger and the way that we almost turned, you know, Robert England, but not really Robert England because he has to be behind the makeup for him to be like that kind of celebrity like yeah. turning him into that kind of celebrity, right? Like that's something that uh, hadn't been commented on. And now like, you know, sometimes it is commented on in the sense of like, you'll have like a guy dressed up as fucking like Jason and then someone else dressed as Freddie and someone else dressed as Michael Myers, like at like an event or something. And they're all talking and it's like, this is weird. I, I hate this. But. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, what's you know, what's funny before Nightmare on Elm Street, there's this ongoing joke. And I remember watching a Robert England on mad TV one time. Oh yes. The superior to Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I, I do remember when oh. Freddie used the Nintendo Power Glove. Yes. No, 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 we don't, we don't, no, no. We don't talk um, about that. But, <laughs> but they were like, "Oh, Robert England, the guy from V." Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, and he's yeah, like, me. no, I've been all, and I, he's like, no, I'm in all seven Nightmare on Elm Street films. He's like, every guy remembers me from V. I've done fifty movies. It's probably gonna be on my tombstone. R.I.P. Robert England. He's the guy from V. To, to be and, fair, and v, he, v is kind of rad though. And in that sketch, he he almost gets killed by Ghostface. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the best part about that too is he was also dating a Spice Girl. He was yes. dating what? Scary Spice. And yes. Just like I find it ironic that I'm Freddy Krueger and I'm dating Scary Spice, and she's like, "What did I get it?" Oh, this yeah. this is the sketch you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so funny. It's still on YouTube. It's yeah. it's hilarious. Well, that that postmortem uh, interview with uh, you know, because that, that show postmortem with uh, Vic Garris or whatever, like the the director that he interviews all the other horror directors pretty much. That's where that clip that I played earlier is from. He talks uh, extensively about how he was always cast as like the good guy or 
as like a like a nice Surfer, guy or like yeah. as like a character actor that plays like a nice guy and he's like yeah. i couldn't get cast as a villain to save my life like, which is ironic considering yeah. he got typecast from yeah like, so, Kruger, right? so he's yeah. so yeah. In, that, in that thing he's like yeah then i got you know i got my freddy audition and they accepted me and i was like really into it and like it's catapulted me into number one a level of fame that he would have never gotten otherwise of course yeah, but yeah. like also, it's catapulted him into playing roles that like nobody could see him as because obviously just Robert England without the whole, you know, uh, even, even with the, you know, the thea theatrical nature of it, like uh, mm -hmm. without the, the Freddy, the Freddy vibe, I guess um, he would have never been able to like push himself into a different style of filmmaking. Well, all right. So before we move on, like Reagan, how do you feel about the whole meta horror thing? Because you're one of like maybe five people who I look to for opinions on horror movies because i generally don't like horror movies these days personally peace and love in my heart i like yeah i like <laughs> i like it all right i mean it is we we are like have a drought of like normal slasher movies you know most slasher movies that come out have some kind of angle to them and a lot of it is like a meta angle you know like he's a slasher but he's woke well, <laughs> or Slaughterhouse. He's a slasher, but he's a sloth. All right, enough. enough Some of those movies were kind of good. Like, <laughs> I liked, I liked the Final Girls. Final movie. Girls, yeah. That was kind of fun. Our friend, friend of the show, and my actual friend Katie Byron was production designer on that. Movie. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, the Blackening was a pretty fun movie. Yeah, wasn't that times. one about like if all the characters were of color in the movie, like who? Because there's always that trope of like this person gets killed first, and then that person gets it's, killed. Yeah, it subverts it in a kind of a funny way. It's like a fun movie. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I like regular slasher movies too. <laughs> there, uh, yeah, there's been like I don't know. Whenever you see a really like one, when you one actually happens, it's always like time to celebrate. In but then it's opinion. also like like yeah. something like X. Uh, uh, wait, no, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I mean, I I love X. I love yeah, Pearl. I, I can't wait for Maxine. So the thing I like best about Pearl is that the lighting, which, by the way, like uh, something I because I, I I watched the um, the Evil Dead that came out in like, love ten years ago, and like all movies around that era kind of have the similar lighting. So what I liked best about Pearl, uh, the lighting I've never seen that kind of film with that kind of lighting, right? Very like bright. Uh, and that's probably the nicest thing I can say about it, other than the fact that I love the credits uh, as well. But I thought X was like, yo, this is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Anybody? Like, no? Like, and it was just like, I guess if you don't know Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, maybe like, you don't notice. I but... like that Pearl was kind of inspired by films from the 30s and 40s, just to how yeah, the aesthetic sure, is. Sure, sure, sure. No, I appreciated this, the swing for that, because that's something different. You know, we haven't seen that. Yeah. Right? I liked Pearl infinitely more than X. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, yeah same. But. Yeah, but let's okay. So, but it looked different, about... right? And one of the things that was yeah. so cool about New Nightmare when it came out is like not only did it feel different, like in the storytelling, it looked different. It looked everything about it looked different. Like it almost, and it's something that that's kind of been internalized, and like anybody with a freaking high def can just pull this kind of stuff off now. But like it, it's, I, it, it looked and felt different, and that's because it was. And and also, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Wes Craven's original idea for his uh, appearance in it is that he was gonna be like driving in a van with the dude from The Hills Have Eyes and like slicing open his eyeballs so he couldn't go to sleep till he could finish the script, which would have been a lot. That would have been a lot. <laughs> but I'm kind of like, shark. oh, that's kind of amazing. <laughs> like, like that would have been like. Oh, some... he had lots of crazy ideas for this movie. 
I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. The Robert, the Freddie Spider with Robert England. Like, I just I like would, that. I, I can't remember like that. I can't remember the actor's name, but the Hills Have Eyes guys. You know, you all know him. Yeah. 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 Uh, Bar- Barryman. Michael, Michael Barryman. Barryman. Michael Barryman. Yeah. 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 And I love it um, when that dude shows up and stuff, even if it's like, even if the movie's lame, it's like, ah, oh, hell yeah. It's that guy. The <laughs> earthquakes in this movie. Yes. Before so, in a, before there was an actual yes. earthquake, right? Yeah, before it was like the <laughs> Los Angeles. I knew people who survived that earthquake, the Los Angeles quake of '94. But afterwards, post production, they actually took videos of like the actual damage and put it yeah. into uh, the movie itself, like his B roll and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it almost kind of signifies like Freddy's trying to get into the real world. Like there's always some commotion going on. Well, there's also just something so disorienting about earthquakes and about like being on the, you know, on on like a a seismic uh, fault line or whatever, which I love when fucking Julie walks in. She's like, that's life on the fault line. Like, but like there's just something (laughs) on the fault line. It's it's something so disorienting. And the the thing is, like thinking about sleep and, uh, you know, like when you get woken up just in general, right? There's a moment of disorientation, but when you get woken up from like an earthquake or like a tremor or like any kind of like weather event, right? Like that is so much more disorienting, I think, than being woken up normally. Um, <laughs> now I know Conan ha- probably has, but have uh, either of you, uh, anybody else on the panel been in an earthquake? Dude, I grew up, I grew up in California. I know, I know. It was like, anyone else besides Conan? Yeah, um, actually, well, because well, they have fracking quakes. Too. Yeah, yeah, I got one of those. Yeah, we, we used to have them with kind of some frequency some years ago, but we, we don't have them that often now. Yeah. But, we yeah. Uh, we had an, we get like an ice storm every 10 years, 2004, 2014. It's going to happen in 2024. I just know it. But 2014, we lived off of a road where if, if a car sped, it almost like shook the whole house. So we're stuck with no electricity with this ice storm. But all of a sudden, the house shakes, and I'm like, Oh my god, mom! We, we 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 it was an earthquake after the ice storm, and my mom's like, "It wasn't an earthquake." I'm like, "What?" I'm, I'm like, "I'm gonna look at my phone and check." Like, so and it was an earthquake. Interesting. So what what I will say this is that uh, having grown up with earthquakes as like a constant thing, which by the way, everyone in the Midwest is terrified, and I'm like, "Y'all deal with tornadoes, right? Same mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, you know, at least you get on. a warning." <laughs> no, I I remember uh, there was a, there was a big earthquake, uh, and uh, while well, I was in Texas, and uh, people in Texas were like bragging about. How, you know, like, oh, we don't get a, so I'm so glad we don't get earthquakes out here. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing, the thing I was driving at is that like the difference between like a small earthquake, which is kind of what everyone's experiencing and like, say the Loma Prieta quake is, is uh, massive. Like, and that's sort of where these like dumb, like these, these stupid, they're all dumb, like apocalyptic movies where it's like, ah, there's earthquakes and floods and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Like some new material champ. It it kind of does and doesn't get across that no it, it is like like a a, a um, factor eight earthquake is so much different from a seven like so much different like it's exponentially like more so but it's a terrifying thing because like you never know what's coming and like for a long time uh, a lot of the earthquakes I experienced all happened at night so it'd be like ah oh, hell damn cat get off the bed and like oh shit it's an earthquake <laughs> get to the door <laughs> um but i mean that's like the friendliest the friendliest oh my god <laughs> jesus uh so the usage of that as, as sort of like like i i feel like it's it's made as as to be like oh this is like one of the symptoms of this um force kind of yeah. like making its presence known and um yeah in the real world well, but but also like i i don't know like like coming back to like the idea of like sleep and every single time the earthquakes hit in this movie she's like fast asleep right like yeah. there aren't there aren't really moments where she's like hard oh, relatable I'm, by the way i'm awake i'm awake in this earth and then like as the movie progresses, earthquake 
yeah, there's moments where you don't know whether she's just imagining, like, yeah. you know, there's the disorientation from the earthquake or not, or like, you know, that's blending together with her own, uh, you know, sleep deprivation. So I, I think that that's kind of a fascinating angle for something that, because like, you, you think like how how much how much more can you do with sleep than has already been done in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, sure. right? And yeah. adding the earthquake, even if it's incidental, because the earthquakes that just happened, you know, when they were filming it, like I don't think they had written that until the earthquakes actually happened like it's it's a it's a really cool use of like uh sleep deprivation and disorientation i think yeah yeah i mean that explains why near the end she starts getting the gray hair again <laughs> little sad. but can we talk about how meta this must have been for like heather langenkamp like sure yeah the yeah. fact I mean, that i mean her husband was offered the role because he does the same thing like special effects or whatever and, and they had a stalker right yeah, she had a soccer because she did a TV show back yeah. like. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I just the, just the ten of us. It was a growing pain mm -hmm. spinoff. I remember that dr that drivel. But she was yeah. obviously great in it because I was yeah, a young of course. man. Of course, she's, she's great. like <laughs> I've been doing a lot of a lot of TV lately. You know. Yeah, but um, the fact that they that she allowed Wes Craven to weave the stalker you know st storyline into the film and how like you know her husband does special effects, but of course he gets killed off in this and just. Which, by the like, way, he is always... the worst. He's the worst fucking special effects company name in this. Cut to yes. the Chase FX. Horrible fucking name. And he has it on like mugs, and he has it on his fucking van. And yeah. it's just not. You're just. Wonder it gets killed off. It's just a corny. <laughs> ass, it's just a corny ass name for a company. Yeah. But also, like her real life husband was a special effects guy, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But he, he declined. And... He declined to. to the role too like yo you want to be in this He's like nope pass hey you want to be in this movie where we kill you off in the middle of doing special effects work yeah. no not not me <laughs> no no no, no, I no i'm actually glad they got an actor <laughs> uh, but i'm i'm relieved that she got to keep her own uh rex doll that's actually like sewn back up because i was watching the dead meat podcast which featured uh the couple that runs the podcast and her and she was holding her little rex talking about you know nightmare on elm street and new nightmare and i'm like rex i i forgot all about the rex element of this until yeah until he protects them i was like oh yeah this is like he's like he's like the totem of protection almost yeah yeah until freddy just and, and uh miko hughes got to keep that uh that that uh that thing he climbed up on to, to where yeah. God, you know trying to get the, God to the, take him in the park. Uh, yeah, they, they were about to tear it down. They they uh, production company you know got it to them to stop tearing it down so they could film the scene. And as they were tearing it down, Miko Hughes's dad bought it uh, and that yeah. was brought it out to the desert so it'd be in the back of their house. Sounds and rad was, to be rich. And there's a little <laughs> moment where you see a kid in the scene riding his bicycle and he's wearing a Freddy shirt and I'm like, mm, yeah, he's everywhere. That is kind of an unnerving her. scene, though. Like when he like climbs on top of the playground and he keeps going up and going up, and then him and her and John Saxon are just uh, talking, talking, yeah, and talking, casually talking about, oh, there's mental illness in my family. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I and then like you see the kid going like, oh, yeah, I was going up outside of it, yeah, and, and it's like what, 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 to, what, like touch God or whatever. That's yeah. like the, yeah. There's also just... one, of the, one of the one of the throwaway gags in this that, that fucking killed me. Uh, speaking of like a kid dressed as Freddy, the Orthodox Jew Jewish kid dressed as Freddy with the curls. Uh, in the audience when, when you're oh, my God. oh at the talk <laughs> show sure yeah where he's all like hey everybody it's freddy yay we love this, freddy the that, that with, was freddy trying to with, with freddy trying to possess dylan it's just it does remind me of 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 alice and jacob because that was the whole point of what freddy wanted to do in nightmare five but i'm like he almost succeeded oh, in yeah. new nightmare yeah with, and that's where uh, uh alice is kind of comes into her own 
a, a, yeah. l- like a little later on. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't uh, abortion could be a good thing though. I'm just saying. <laughs> I guess that takes care of the problem. I, I mean, I sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Regan, how do you feel about the kid in this man? Like, I, he's horrible in this <laughs> movie. Exactly, his acting is bad. Nico Hughes. Peace and love. Peace and yeah. love. So, yeah, peace and love. <laughs> They're totally. He got it probably because of Pet Cemetery. I'm yes. assuming. Yeah. Because he's really good in that, but he's like really little in that, and he's funny in uh, Kindergarten Cop and Full House. Yep. Full House, that Full House too. Huh? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he played Mich- yeah. he played Michelle's mean kid, like friend that happened to be a boy. He's always bullying her. I think I blocked that show from my memory. So yeah, he was also in that Bruce Willis movie too. Yeah. Oh, that like- one, right. Yeah, he was happened. just directed horribly, you know? I mean, yeah. when he's being evil and stuff, it's like the worst. It sinks this movie. <laughs> like, when, when he has the knives, <laughs> like, on his fingers and, like... Yeah. I mean, yeah. But not even... I mean, just when he's like, ah, I'm evil. They're coming yeah. for you, mommy, or whatever he's saying. Yeah, you know, that, that in the hospital, yeah. Like, I mean, he just... It's so bad. It's yeah. not... And when he he has not to not scary at all, and you can tell Reagan that when it when it came to the scene of Julie's death, he's just staring at nothing. He's staring mm-hmm. at nothing, so he has to react like he's watching her death. And he's like, "Yeah, it's not like great. I'm like this is so bad." <laughs> well, and it's so much of this movie is great though. That's why it's so, yeah. it's kind of like it's you like forget oh, about the kid. God, this this like could be a masterpiece, but it really isn't. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's so hard to get a good kid actor though. I mean, like. Yeah, you know, uh, gotta get one of those midgets. Well, that—that's what they yeah. threw. Um, they, they actually had a a, a, a very tiny, uh, like like a, a, a circus performer jump off, you know, do the stunts for him in, in this film. Mm. And uh, there was uh, two stunt people, like I, it was a stunt person catching the circus performer uh, mm. at that uh, the scene at the playground. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, because they're jumping so uh, high up. But they, they actually did put Miko up there, like three stories up on that thing. Yeah, it's pretty high. I mean, yeah, it yeah. looks scary to have that little boy up there. Well, I was about to say they should have killed the little boy, <laughs> and then have be the mom and dad are like, "Oh no, our baby's, our kid's dead." Yeah, we gotta fight Freddy now. Yeah, that yeah, that, that, that would have been the movie. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That definitely would have been like a, a better angle, clearly. Because Freddy always tries to get the young kids, you know, whether he wants to possess them or try to kill them, and he never ends up doing that. Well, it's all adults in this, yeah. Like, I mean, although I will say that the the thing with um, cut to the chase effects guy, uh, where it's like you see the look as a guy when it's like, oh my god, like the, yeah. the claws right by his his, his private area. Yeah, Jesus, it, the claw like strokes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like holy shit. Like, dude. Maybe the best part of the whole movie. And as you know, like whatever, anyone that drives a lot or like touring or whatever, like when you like see like the kind of and you know, it's hard not to think of the Simpsons reference where he like closes his eyes, closes his eyes again, closes, and then suddenly it's like he's in a dreamland and like he's in a bed and whatever. But like, (laughs) that's a real thing, and like I don't think that had been shown in either Nightmare that I remember. Um, But I, I I don't think anyone's gotten circumcised in the Nightmare, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, which I gotta say, you know, that. that scene actually works too because those those <laughs> computer effects that they use hold up still. Uh, yeah, 
yeah you know some of the compositing effects maybe not so much but um yeah. uh the, the the you know the they, they actually worked really hard to get the ripple like water as the the fingers come out of the yeah. uh, cloth of the material uh and, and it looks great i mean you know uh i, I was I, like i think they hold up because they didn't overdo it like exactly. i think the yeah. fact that it's kind of it's kind of uh quick and it's like you know like it's it's kind of subtle i think is is the reason that it still holds up was i the only one for the second time around because this is now the second time i've seen it that like wanted to see more of the mechanical hand in the in the dream sequence in the beginning because i was like oh that's awesome it's like it's yeah. like an evil dead 2 homage but like you know like different because yeah. it's the freddy glove and it's autonomous yeah i i also i also wanted to see more of uh the whole sequence where he's running through the um across the road and yeah. all, like everything's turning yeah. into the the, the Freddy dream. Like I, I wish they had somehow incorporated the new glove or something into that as like part yeah. of his whatever. Also, they have uh, real slim shady Freddies. Like they have a bunch of yeah. like you see the bunch of Freddies run up, and it's like the fucking yeah, Eminem yeah. real slim shady video, and you only see that for one second. I it took me like five thousand times of pausing it to get that fucking screenshot of it. Yeah. But I also feel like 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 I, that could have been overused, and I feel like that's also sort of some real Freddy's dead kind of like level of like, Oh, what if there's a bunch of them and they're all, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Why don't you just make the one guy scary instead of like relying on like a million yeah. Freddy's, you know, like one, it should be enough. One should be enough. And that yeah. one's huge. And then there's a million small ones, a yeah. million tiny Freddy's. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, whatever. Can and and that goes back to the silliness part of it. Right? <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that like, the idea that Bob Shea and Russ Craven had for this new movie was that who better to bring Freddy back than the first person who defeated him? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but she dies in, in Nightmare 3, but, like... Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, basically what the movie is about. It's interesting which cast members they decided to bring back, too, right? Like, because they don't... They could have had Johnny Depp, and they just didn't ask him. Yeah. I know! Imagine that! He would have wear the half shirt even, I bet. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. But like I don't know. Like I so you great could have brought back know. like a whole bunch of different fucking cast members from different movies, and they kind of picked three of them. They picked like John Saxon, who like it is like an intro. Yeah, he was good in it, but like and, and then the a, cam and then the cameos in, in the funeral. I'm like, we're gonna get the other actress that play Chris. I'm like, seriously? And then we got, you know, the guy like I'm like, I'm like, what about like I don't know, like the other, like if if, if Lisa Wilcox was involved, yes. like that would have been nice. She was not busy guys, at the time either. How do you guys feel about <laughs> yeah. Bob Jay putting himself in the in his office? Uh, I'm glad that he was meant to be nervous in that scene because he's a terrible actor. Yeah, he's yeah. not good. It kind of kind of took me out of it in a weird way. Yeah. Like I'm just oh, like, come oh come on, Heather kids love horror. But that was also I mean he was also the he was also the guy that like basically kept Wes Craven from getting paid for any of the sequels and sort of like the most egregious like nonsense bits of the nightmares like and why he made nightmare 2 very homoerotic yeah i mean that's that's more of a lifestyle decision and less of a odious uh, yeah. doing yeah but, but it's just <laughs> yeah the, but the like bob uh, she, he's bad at, bob shay is like the king of making bad decisions when it came to the nightmare on elm street uh franchise I just wanted, you know, but, uh, you know, just kind of also put a little perspective, too, about who he is. He's the guy who uh, released all of um, uh, John Waters' early stuff. So, so like... Did uh, really? Okay. Yeah, uh, New Line Cinema was uh, uh, the distributor, and they were really kind of a nothing 
backwater studio. And yeah, that I knew. Built. I knew that, but yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, and it was basically John Waters. You know, kind of like built them enough so they could make Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street made them yeah. the studio that they could become. You know, uh, make the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So, so it, uh, it is. It is also kind of interesting, like knowing that New Line Cinema is like you know now like most famous as the Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, production company. Like it's interesting that it's right. like it's it's Nightmare on Elm Street that's keeping the lights on for the first. I mean, not for the first, but like for a, a large amount of their existence, right? Like it's Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street, and it's just churning out these like worse and worse Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. It's like keeping their lights on the entire time, which is like you know, which makes it kind of. Uh, pretty funny that they have the bit with like the Andy Warhol Freddy's behind him, you know what I mean? Like in his yeah. office and everything. And, um, but it's like, so that's fascinating. And then to know that like Lord of the Rings, just like a few years later, right? Like two years or three years later, right? Or no, no, like 10 years. Yeah. Like 10 yeah. years, like it's 2001, I think, or 2000 when the first Lord of the Rings comes out, like um, just, just like to know that that like juggernauts coming down the line for them is kind of interesting. Yeah. I think they still now struggle as a studio, I believe. I think they were bought out by like another Warner Brothers owns them. Yep. Warner of Brothers, course. which is gonna be owned by Comcast soon if they keep fucking everything up. But anyway. There's only gonna be like one media company in yeah, one day and it's just Yeah. Yeah. Gonna it's, gonna be, it's gonna be A twenty four. That's the only one that survived. I mean, I'm for A twenty four, you know, whatever. But bisexual lighting. Yes. Do you know one of uh one of the the first early successes by New Line was Reefer Madness. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. They were distributing that as a cult film. Yeah, oh yeah. They were like, mm -hmm. check out this, check out this crap. Apparently, <laughs> yes. apparently the last, apparently the last, or, or not the last, but the the last like super high grossing film I guess that they had, or one of the last ones. Um, well, no, I guess they've had a bunch. They have The Nun, and they have other ones, but one of the Straight Outta Compton was like one of their big money makers. I oh. guess like one of their more recent ones. Nice. Now they have now they have the nun, which reminds me of uh, the fact that we just talked about Mulholland Drive. The nun in those fucking horror movies is the is the monster from Mulholland Drive. Oh, she's good. She's good. Oh, really? Those, oh, those okay. types of characters, yeah. those monsters. She looks way different with makeup. Somebody, kidding, kidding someone, jokes. someone commented that. <laughs> someone commented that. I know. I like. Uh, okay. I touched on it. No, uh, I touched on it when we talked about Mulholland Drive. So I was looking like, oh, what's she done? I think it was in the after party. I was talking about it, and somebody was like, "You know, she's the nun." And I was like, "I brought, I brought that up. Didn't you watch the episode, bro?" Yeah, yeah. commenting on it. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> now, what what do we all think about the parallels of like Heather's real life, it, like mirroring like the first Nightmare on Elm Street film? How things slowly start to like the references, um, the tongue phone. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, the tongue phone is a classic antic, yes. yeah, but I can't say um, I love it, frankly. But you know, how <laughs> she, how slowly towards the end, John Saxon becomes her dad, and she's that, like, well, that I yeah, like. There we go. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> and the house ends up looking like the Elm Street house. Um, so I, I, I when as the movie progresses and progresses, it seems like the more Heather's being gaslit by everyone around her, especially that fucking doctor, Miss Langenkamp, like. <laughs> Which, if you stop and think about, okay, from the doctor's perspective, she's doing everything right, right? Yeah. But like, obviously, from the perspective her, of the audience, you're like, "What the hell? Stop!" Except she has some. She has some. Uh, 
she has some thoughts about horror movies. It's that evil definitely one of one of the points of the movie is to like to reference because nobody had really referenced the damage that like uh, the media and like culture was claiming the horror movie had done to kids, right? Like yeah. the yeah. existence of these horror movies. So like they, they definitely push all of that into the most unlikable possible doctor. They're like, oh, just make just make the doctor talk about it. Yeah, which yeah. is also named for the uh, person on the uh, MPA board that uh, made John uh, made uh, uh, Wes Craven cu- uh, cut up all of his movies. Oh, for <laughs> real? Yeah. Nice. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's... Nice. Nice. Yeah. Good work. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, also uh, Wes Craven uh, gave high praises to the actress who uh, played her because uh, she's she's a theater actress um, and uh, yeah. you know, absolutely enjoyed working with her for that and said nothing but nice things in the uh commentary she was she was fun in the uh never because they got almost everybody except for johnny depp for the never sleep again uh documentary about the franchise and she uh Did they ask each, i have no idea probably i don't know they probably were afraid to ask him uh but <laughs> at the end they were all doing like their catchphrases and some of them were wearing the glove and stuff like that Miko did Rex, and then she had the had the Freddy glove. She's like, "Let's cut this evil out of him." Like, I'm like, "That's her catchphrase." I I, I do like um, the way that she says Freddy Krueger is like the same way like my grandma or somebody would have said Freddy Krueger. She's like, yeah. "This this this these horror movies, this character, this Freddy Krueger." Like, yeah. uh, you know, say it like this. <laughs> that was in the discourse, though. Like, seriously, yeah. like, horror movies were like being attacked yeah. as like, <gasps> yeah. I mean, it's which I don't understand. Like, watch these films unedited, whatever, and I turn out okay. I mean, I'm desensitized to horror now. So if you show me something very, very disgustingly gory, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Well, it's getting but, ready uh... for ISIS beheading videos. <laughs> Clearly. No, I I think that it's interesting. Um, like I I don't know whether to play this uh in the in the after party or whatever. There's there's the thing that Siskel and Ebert did, and mm-hmm. um they they touch on like Robert like Ebert fucking just wrecks Siskel in this in this uh interview or whatever review that they do. But um they're talking about how they they wanted somebody to address the the fact that these horror movies sometimes you know they're claiming they could do real damage to people and no horror filmmaker had ever like dared to kind of address that within the horror genre and like they were pretty like at least fucking roger ebert was pretty impressed that like wes craven had actually for once like at least touched on the subject right and like mm-hmm. how the movies affect childhood development or whatever which i think is bullshit kind of i mean there's so much other like video games are probably if you're gonna look music at, like, if you're gonna look at like what's actually affecting people to yeah. you know retrain their minds like i don't think it's horror movies social media hello yeah. i mean <laughs> like but the thing is there's been like waves of these things uh, Satanic know. panics. Yeah, exactly. Like the- rap music, heavy metal music. I was bopping to "Guilty Conscience" by Eminem and Dr. Dre when I was like five years old, <laughs> which I probably should not have done, considering the the the, the, con- the content and 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 the like story of the song. But I was, but my parents didn't care. I was listening to whatever I want, and I turned out fine. So. <laughs> And you're on this show now. What a success story! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, her actual, uh, her Heather's actual husband's place is called AFX Studio for Anderson FX Studio. That's a lot better. Of, it's better than it's better than cut to the chase of. It's kind of a nothing name, but yeah, it's a better it's better than that for sure. What, what, so what what is this clip we're, we're looking at? We're looking at this clip now. Oh so we're well, we we don't. I mean, we don't have to. But there's the. I, I thought this was really interesting. This is the um. 
hold on, I gotta, I gotta pull it up. But there's a, there's the Siskel and Ebert thing where they're, where they're going over the movie, and I thought it was interesting to watch. Oh, like, sure. They had, okay. They had, they had extremely different reactions to it, and uh, you know, they're, they're like famous for not liking <laughs> any kind of slasher movies, right? Like, no, they were not fans yes. of the genre. Yeah, 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 absolutely. True. Yeah. Okay. Next movie, and it's something unusual: a horror movie within a horror movie. It's called Wes Craven's New Nightmare, and it begins where the Nightmare on Elm Street series left off. You may recall, or maybe you don't, that in the sixth installment of the popular series, Freddy Krueger, the <laughs> monster with the knives for fingers, was finally killed for once and all. Unfortunately, it now appears that the series generated an evil force which has been liberated by the screenplay for a sequel and is now haunting the lives of the people who made the films. Many of the stars and filmmakers play themselves, including actress Heather Langenkamp, who played a teenager in the original 1984 movie. Now her life and child are being threatened by ominous omens. There was no movie. There was only her life. She just Maybe the only way to stop the nightmares is to make another film and exercise them forever. Like Bob Shea, the head of New Line Cinema, plays himself here, trying to sell the idea to the actress. The fans, you know, the fans, God bless them, they're clamoring for more. I guess evil never dies, right? Anyhow, a few weeks ago, I got a call from Wes, and he pitched me this really exciting idea. And I started thinking, who better to resurrect Freddy than his creator? And veteran thriller maker Wes Craven, who directed that original film, thinks he knows how the supernatural is linked to the cinematic. What? Well, uh, dramatically speaking, it makes perfect sense. You played Nancy, after all, and you were the first to humiliate him, defeat him. That was Nancy, Wes. It's not me. Yeah, but it was you that gave Nancy her strength. So, to get out, he's got to come through you. And it's inevitable that he's going to try to do that at your most vulnerable points. Wes Craven's new nightmare is the first horror movie that is actually about the frequently asked question, don't the people who make these films ever ask themselves about the effect the films have? It's very intriguing the way the film dances back and forth across the line between fantasy and reality. On the one hand, it's in the nightmare on Elm Street tradition with frightening dream sequences using scary special effects. And on the other hand, it's a look behind the scenes of Hollywood. It's smart, it's scary, and it's curiously thought-provoking. It didn't provoke a single thought in my oh, head. Come, come, no, come. no, 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 I don't. Roger, they put in these people who you and I know, and so it's kind of can't be fun to see them uh, in their real-life uh, roles on the screen. But the, at the core level, this is a mad slasher movie with Freddy, who I have never enjoyed as a villain, and I don't enjoy him here. I, I, it's just the same old bloodletting with new it's actors. It's too bad around. that the movie didn't provoke a couple of more thoughts in your Go head, ahead. For example, the use of that little child in some of the sequences, such as when he's up on top of that tower, very scary and I think very effective. The whole way that the idea, it's kind of a dangerous idea that people who are actors in these movies yes. might have their own lives affected by the nightmares that so they are creating for others. But it's, so, but it's, done. it's never been done before. But Roger, no, what I'm saying is it's so obvious and it isn't really dealt with what it's really, I don't feel that they're really in jeopardy. It's just an excuse to have the same old bloodletting. Coming I up next. Do not. It, and they I went guess, on I for 20 I, more minutes. No, I, I cut, <laughs> no, I, I cut off before that, but as, as he's like trying to introduce the next movie, he's like, uh, he's, he's like, yeah, I guess we disagree. And like, 
smacks this fucking shit down. I mean, I, I, think, low, I think it's interesting. I, I kind of thought those are the best parts of that show, frankly, is when they didn't agree on literally anything. Even if I don't agree yeah. with one of them, like yeah. it's it, it was it's, some real Jane, you ignorant slut sort of moments. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think though the fact that they point out that this has never been done before, at least Ebert did, right? Like it, it's kind of it, it's crucial to the success of this movie and why it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it does work too. Like, I mean, I think it's there's some effects I don't love. You know, I'm I'm not a huge fan of the tongue. Like, I'm like, all right, Heather. <laughs> Heather gonna, wasn't a fan of it either. Gonna, she, I was gonna say she was right to not be a fan of it. it the, the, the the crew was making fun of her and stuff like that, and I'm like, oh lord. Uh, and I think some of it's like age better than others uh, for sure. But I mean, like, I think it's again. It's, it's it's almost difficult to talk about because everybody has been so poisoned by like meta, meta horror at this point. Like it just it was, it it made him freaky, <laughs> again. It made him like an actual like oh that sounds terrifying. Like yeah, again See? at least in scenes without the kid. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's kind of uh, what you know what he would go on to look at with with Scream. I mean, even though he didn't yeah. write the screenplay for that, like it's more terrifying when the killer's loose in the real world. And like when you feel like maybe there's a chance that this could affect, you know, people in the real world rather than kind of this um, fantasy horror world that, you know, we know is is campy and it's uh, outrageous and theatrical as well as being sometimes scary or as well as being sometimes grotesque. Like it, it it's scarier when something's actually coming into the real world and when it's a real world that you can actually like uh, process as the real world. Yeah. Yeah. And the co- the color scheme in this movie is a lot more neutral than the other ones too. It, again, yeah. that comes back to the, it feels different, it looks different, you know. I feel it's like- it's filmed in real places. There's aren't sets uh for for anything except for, you know, of course the ending scene, you know. Right. Uh they didn't just like stumble upon a Freddy Krueger mouth waterfall. Uh but yeah. um uh, it, it was kind of nice that they had real um uh, like that was a real house that they filmed in and I think that that you know, it What's gave it a it's house. It's whose? I think didn't they film like the scenes for Russ Craven was actually at his place? Yes, but but the house that they filmed, uh, you know, for Heather's house is uh, yeah. obviously isn't her house. Um, yeah, uh, that that that's a house that they were filming in for this. Um, yeah. She she uh, should have she should have let them film at her house. No, like and had filmed the mailbox, the number on the mailbox, and, the- uh, and Robert England's house is not Robert England's house, and Robert England no. doesn't paint, and that was such a big disappointment to find that out. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I would totally would have bought one of those paintings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> uh, that was actually the uh, the painter, for, the set painter, uh, made that painting. That's uh, seen in the, that he's yeah, painting there of uh, uh, on all the other paintings of those beautiful like uh, c- you know seascapes and stuff. Uh, they, those were like just bought at like uh, random garage sales. Uh, oh, wow okay <laughs> yeah they, they they found like all these like kind of sucky uh paintings of of um landscapes that 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 would be like his normal stuff that he paints and instead they get this beautiful painting by by uh the, you know they're very talented um uh you know set painter robert england uh claims that one of the one of the possible like alternate endings to this is that all of that happens and then he wakes up in his in his home or whatever and he <laughs> and he bolts upright and he, it was all like a dream within Robert England's head, aka <laughs> the, the Bob Newhart show, yes, yeah. or Newhart, whichever one of them. Yeah, I, and then, yeah, yeah. And then his wife says that he needs to wear more sweaters. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know. It, it's I, actually great to actually see Robert England be himself because a lot of people are like, "How's the relationship between him and Heather Langkamp?" I'm like, they're like BFFs. Like, yeah, 
every every so often they go back to the Elm Street house and do like an interview about it. Like, you know. Hey, are you guys ready to really see Robert England be himself? Oh boy. Because I have Is it an ad? It's probably an ad. I have a Bobby Wine. Oh yes. Queen. It's been a minute. Interviewing <laughs> Robert England about this movie and uh, you know. I didn't I didn't have a better transition for that. <laughs> Robert, it's good to be visiting with you again. And uh, I, I, I never thought we'd be talking about another nightmare. <laughs> another nightmare. Uh, the new nightmare. The new nightmare. The new nightmare. Yes, the yes. new nightmare. We're not, we're not on Elm Street. And uh, uh, it's, it's not number seven. It's, it's, it's brand new. Indeed it yeah. is. What a terrific concept. Isn't it great? That's why we did it. You know, a lot of people are going to think we did this to milk the franchise. And a lot of people are going to think we did it because Nightmare 6 was so so successful, both both domestic and, and, and abroad. But what it was, was Wes came up with this idea. And it was just too rich not to do. When he said, Freddy Krueger is sick to death of being merchandised to death, of being overhyped, of being in these silly sequels with dolls and bubblegum cards and lunch boxes and all this. And he comes to Hollywood to kill the head of New Line Cinema and to kill Robert England, yours truly, you know, this this arrogant young Hollywood actor and Wes Craven himself. We're all going to play ourselves and Freddie's going to come out of this earthquake and he's going to stop these movies from being made so that he can be all that he can be, you know, the, the ultimate evil Freddy Krueger. I thought this was such a great idea, you know. Plus, we get to all have fun and make fun of Hollywood, which, we, you know, no one can make fun of Hollywood better than those in it. I mean, you know that. You know, you can have fun teasing show business. So we just had to do it. We couldn't resist. As an actor going back, uh, you know, maybe, what, eight, ten years has Freddy Krueger impacted on your life in, in a way that was very troublesome or annoying to you? No, I'm very fortunate that the success and the phenomenon, the popular culture phenomenon of Freddy Krueger. I mean, I remember the first time I heard Johnny Carson crack a Freddy Krueger joke. I knew I'd arrived. But, uh, you know, for me, it came at a time in my life and my career when it was okay. I had already established myself in New York and L.A., and I was in my early 30s and I'd done, a, I'd done enough stuff. It, if it had happened 10 years earlier, I think I might feel a little trapped. But I sort of had a career in reverse. You know, I did George Bernard Shaw and Shakespeare and my avant-garde plays and all that when I, was, when I was young, in my 20s. And so I don't really, I'm not really out to prove anything. A lot of actors get great fame and success very young. And then they want to prove they can do Broadway or theater or, or the avant-garde. And I'd done a lot of that, and it was wonderful, and I wouldn't trade those years for anything. But I don't feel like I have to prove anything. And so I was able to kind of enjoy, you know, having a, uh, you know, being parodied in time in, in Mad Magazine. And I was able to enjoy, you know, you know doing my MTV rap video and, 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 and having fun. Uh, I'm glad he enjoyed it. Sort of, you know, groundswell of popular <laughs> culture adulation, you know, that it, that it became, even though when it got ridiculous, you know, I, I just sort of kicked back and enjoyed it all. How has Freddie's makeup changed from the very beginning? Because there is an evolution of his look. Well, oh, the, the, the actual makeup technology has improved uh, over the years. I mean, like the special effects technology now, or like uh, CD ROM and all of that. I like that she clearly um, she clearly has her like. It began. There were like uh, I think like fourteen she pieces. Can't get away from those quite like fused oh, like, together. There's all like banter. And then over the seam, 
we put this uh, another sealer that became like the latex itself, and then the coloring and the blending, and that's been streamlined. There's not as many. There's not as many pieces. Uh, it it began thicker and with actual flanges of crisp flesh hanging on it. Gosh, this is gross. And then it got it got finer and uh, actually like like, like balloon again. rubber thin, so that I could literally just twitch my eye like that and it would the whole side of the face would move for me i didn't have to really worry about making the face move then we we also streamlined it more when i did the series and then when we got back into production on parts four five and six uh we we had it up to about four five six major pieces that fused together and move with me now but i still have to put it on it takes a couple hours every morning um we can never use this the same stuff twice uh and whenever i'm being rigged for a for one of the wonderful effects uh then the makeup can take sometimes up to seven hours before i even get to the set i'll be in the chair so uh it's it's no joy talking ride. for those seven we hours we don't want to give too much away but <laughs> i there's nothing actors love more than talking about how long it takes to be in the makeup by the way <laughs> well, <laughs> i wish i loved anything as much as that what's so funny about robert england is that the inside joke is that he loves to talk like he like when it comes to doing interviews yeah, it should be on this show <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying, you, guys. Aren't you Facebook friends with him? No. I thought you were like Twitter for like I thought I thought you had some Robert English. No, his website. You can email his oh. website. Yeah. Okay. So right. we should all try. Um, but, hey, yeah. Robert England, what's up? How are you doing? <laughs> well, I've I don't know having... if you remember. We we met back in 1986 in Georgia. <laughs> You're, I'm sure, you're, I'm sure yeah. that's top of his memory. You're like, you're like, what's up, Robert England? How's it going? Well, I have a small pain in the side of my back. The yeah. doctors think it's sciatica. But I don't, I don't know. I don't agree with them that it's sciatica. I do think that maybe I'm having some kind of tweak. Maybe I pulled a nerve. Well, and- got to go, Robert England. <laughs> you, you, do you guys know that the last time Robert England was Freddy Krueger was on the Goldbergs? I did not know that. It was a yeah. tribute to Nightmare on Elm Street. All right. She I was she, And and. She, and it was the, the the mom and him like she was having a nightmare and they're making like little jokes and she's like I'm gonna get my fucking son back and he's like hey I'm the only one who gets to say fuck around here but of course it was beeped and beeped and I'm like hmm. but the makeup obviously like you could tell it's a lot older because of how much older Robert so let's let's, let's let's use that as a reset why don't we and, and like let's talk about the makeup it is different. He's yes. not he's not burn victim Freddy in in this right? yeah the uh, was a bastard son of a was a hundred maniacs how many maniacs were there was yeah, it was a hundred maniacs, maniacs. a thousand's too many That's, yeah it was like it was like a yeah. hundred maniacs in a, it's like the land of a thousand dances nobody has we time really, to learn we that really many should have done an one dance story enough. with his mom. okay you you walked over my joke about the thousand dances but okay that's fine yeah, we could do that. Uh, do you have a lot of Freddy gifts? Why do you have so many Freddy gifts? I don't know. I've been downloading them as we're having this conversation. Oh, uh, what? What? All right. So let's let's <laughs> let's go around. Raygun, how do you feel about the makeup in New Nightmare? I like it. Change it up. It changes a little bit every time, you know. So, and this one is like he's trying to enter the real world or some shit, you know. So maybe it's like <laughs> whatever he's up to. Yeah. His skin is sort of returning. Sort. Of, oh, I guess. okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like it's like it's almost okay. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. He's less burned maybe than he has been. Before. Yeah, he's getting those. Uh, what, what's the treatment? You know, where they give you the acid burns or whatever to get your skin looking good. <laughs> you got the graphs. He's he's not he's not uh he's not fire burn Freddy. He's chemical burn Freddy. They're like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. He's going and he's going to get some cool sculpting too. You know, like but, but it's a bit like a race car design. Like, like it's a sleeker and more pattern. What? Like, yeah, it's sleeker and more pattern. Like, 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 uh, I'm sorry. You said it's like a race car. Yeah, exactly. Like, like there's huh. sleekness to it. It's, it's not like, you know, have you seen a race car before? <laughs> just like Freddy. One, two, Freddy's <laughs> racing for you. <laughs> All right. no, I, I watched NASCAR. It's it's just Freddy Krueger movies. Uh, clearly, okay, uh, Christina, um, how about you? What's what's your take on it? We okay. So I'm familiar with Kevin Yeager, who did a lot of the Freddy makeup throughout the years uh, in different mm. franchises, and you can tell. You know, he would try to remove some things, add a few things, make it more comfortable for Robert. I know in Nightmare 5, they wanted him to look really old and tired and withered, so the makeup was very simple, which is why they made him wear that specific makeup for the talk show scene, which I'm like, like I didn't like Nightmare 5's makeup. It's just bad. But I love this one because it really showed that, you know, he could be, he could actually look more intimidating, more scary. The contact lenses also add yeah. something. Um and uh, yeah, like when I saw that, I that's why when I finally watched Nightmare on Elm Street, I was like, "Huh, he looks really different." Because you saw this um, one first, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that's of course, of course, he's sense. tired. They made fucking five movies in five years. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? Kids. He's tired from answering all that fan mail. Really? Yeah. Uh, Ready, can you can you kill my bitch ass mom? <laughs> like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it works. So, so there's a deep contention on the internet, as we will probably soon find out when we do the bit, uh, of of people that do not care for the makeup in New Nightmare. But I think it also serves a purpose of it. it. It, you know, feels different. Like the lighting's different. Like the makeup's different. The pants are certainly different. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it makes it feel different. Like I'm not saying better or worse. I'm just saying it makes it feel different. And and it was, it's impossible to overstate how important that was. At the time, to, to get like distance in any in any way possible from the ignoble at the time into the franchise, which of course it wasn't because there was the inevitable uh, Freddy versus Jason. Place your bets. Uh, <laughs> not great. Yeah, I remember. Peace that. of love. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> I, I understand. And I was the looking forward to it for forever, and I was like, "Wow, that's 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 what you can't." Freddy up with, died huh? by fire, Jason by water, and I'm like, you know how many scenes Freddy's been around fire? No, no. He's never been afraid of fire in his life. You forgot the most important part. We can use that. It's, it's, it's the it's the it's the prequel to uh to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're yeah, like, it's... how do we get? How do we bring? All no, it's more movies? like it's inspired by the Frankenstein versus like Dracula, yeah. and Frankenstein versus the yeah. werewolf films from like the well, 40s. Well, that I was into still... in the same way I was academically into an Alien versus Predator movie before they actually did them. You know, like in the same yeah. way that, those like, comics were damn good. The comics were good. The Dark Horse comics were very good. If they had ever used that as a basis instead of cocaine as their decision making process, then uh, maybe they would have been good films. Who knows? But but again, the different I, I like the idea of it being like, well, the, first of all, it's not Freddy Krueger. It's like it's a malevolent force manifesting as Freddy Krueger. So why would it look yeah. exactly the same? Right. Why would, why would it behave exactly the same? So it's all like <laughs> there's more storytelling cover there than honestly most of the <laughs> canonical uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. But yeah. uh, it doesn't and... bother me. Let's put it that way. And he doesn't really say a lot at first, which was kind of like, again, in the first film, he didn't say a whole lot either. He was like yeah. this menacing, creeping in the background. We never really got to see his full 
like up close. He wasn't doing like the Spider-Man thing where it's like every every like quip every other you know like he does the kill and like he says something clever that goes with that and it's like okay. yeah. And so you know when I was eight, that well, was well, yeah, I was gonna awesome. say when I was twelve, I thought that was the best thing ever. Yes. And then like you know, yeah. watch it again and I'm like Jesus now that we're Christ. older, we're like <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hit the same. When uh, he does start, when when we get closer to the ending, he starts saying like little catchphrases but that are more menacing and dark yeah pick a pet for the rug rack bitch i like uh no opening credits in this at all yeah. I, I was reminded of that because I, I, re- I remember like after watching in the theater it was like was there ever any credits like in the open i was like i don't think there were and then like it's like 40 minutes right so we actually said it's new nightmare or something like that. I, I don't think it's i don't i don't think there's any opening credits at all if i remember no, i mean no, I, yeah. I was looking for it last night I, I don't recall. Yeah, it's it's like how movies are made now, where they don't have. Yeah, they cards. they 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 said the purpose was that to make sure to confuse people about it being a documentary or some sort or like another movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, the documentary, sure. new nightmare, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure some people were confused. Or, yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> another fun fact: the basic pre- premise of this line. film, Freddy invading the real world and haunting actors and crew responsible for them on Elm Street films, was originally intended to be used for Nightmare Three, inspired by the movie Return to Horror High. But the idea was rejected by the studio at the time. And also, the whole Freddy being a dad thing was also intended for Nightmare Three, but they scrapped that too. Huh. Yeah, Return to Horror I mean, High. What's that? I mean, what is that? It's it's a film that came out in 1987. Right. Uh, it's got Clooney. Oh, Really? Yeah. The early 1980s, a series of gruesome murders occurred at Crippen High School. A few years later, a film crew uses the now abandoned Crippen High as a set for a film, but an uninvited guest makes an appearance on set. Hmm. Hmm. I might have to add that. I wonder if it's on Tubi. Probably. Yes. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things like uh, I, I liked in Dream Warriors. That uh, you know, the Freddy Snake, and then the kind of the callback to that. I thought that was cool. You know, yeah, that was yeah, not cheese ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, there's there's a lot of nice like little references to other like like the best moments of the sequels. Um, yeah, you know, there were good moments in the sequels. Like, like you know, the kills at least yes. were good. And, and I mean, like that that comic book kill in five was was pretty pretty creative but can i just yeah. opine because i think i've i even when did murder night extravaganza like i think i i kept away from saying this i feel like too many bad horror movies are given props because they have quote-unquote good kills and it's like yeah. well how about a good script how yes. about that more important i mean because there's I mean, very few deaths in this movie and uh yeah. what yeah. interesting things is that that the reason why the uh the, the the driving death was so gruesome was actually studio notes. The studio's like, hey, uh, Wes, can you make it a little more violent? He's like, okay, fine. Like the first time he's probably ever gotten that his entire director. Honestly, career. that honestly, Dan's death, the number five was hella violent. I think that's the reason why I'm afraid of driving, but who knows? <laughs> can I, so let's go, so go back. So by the way, 94 is when this comes out, right? Yeah, one of Wes, the films came out that year. Wes, well, sure, we can do that. But I'm talking about like, what other stuff was Wes Craven doing? around that time so he was trying to do something like soft and com- comedic I well think. people under the stairs was before yeah. this. yes yeah. and shocker shocker was i think there was night visions between them but yeah, you're, you're right and then and so people at, under the stairs is my favorite craven. people under the stairs 
Oh, it's pretty good. I was mad I wasn't invited on that one before I was a co-host. But yeah, Red Eye did not come out to 2005, but uh, Vampire in Brooklyn came out. Vampire in Brooklyn is the yes. next season. Yes. <laughs> that movie's bad, but I do love it. Like, yeah. I was like 12 when pleasure. it came out, and it's just like fun. You yeah. said about the horror came out in 99. Uh, well, yeah. so it's so it's it goes va- it goes Vampire in Brooklyn, then Scream. Right, yeah, and, and yeah. then they 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 uh, whip out Scream Two pretty quickly after that, and then it's it's, it's all downhill from there. And the music of the yeah. heart, yeah. Uh, My yeah, soul me- to take is a uniquely terrible film. Ooh, I don't even know that one. When that Re-team- come out? Twenty ten or something? Yeah, yep. it's I believe a reteaming of him and Williamson. And then really? Scream Four comes out. Yeah, <sighs> that was the one where I'm like, I'm done for these for forever. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care what happens after this. I'm done yeah. with them. I remember thinking Four was okay. Yeah. Oh. I don't even know. Was it wait, I... is it four or three? I'm trying to remember. you know what it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Three. I came out came out right before he died. Which is the most odious three is one. Weak. Three is probably the one I was thinking of then. Three, I was out no pretty early. Time. Like Those I was like bangs. <laughs> uh yeah, but it, it's but okay, so before before Shocker is like Serpent in the Rainbow, right? Which is yeah. which is uh that's a wild one. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and very offensive for people from uh, uh, fr- from uh, wherever that was taking place in Haiti. Haiti, Haiti, yeah. Like, yeah. Haitians hate that movie. Never bring it up to them. You know what's interesting about Red Eye? It does have the like. Red Eye. Yeah. It could be like about like a even Killy Murphy said like that film seemed like a schlocky B movie, and I'm like, it kind of has the vibes of a B movie to be honest. Yeah. But uh, sometimes I forgot. I, I mean, it, I I rented that movie thinking, oh, it's Rodgers Craven. Cool. Looks like a romantic comedy. And then it wasn't. But I was like, <laughs> I love it anyway. Scream like, 3 is the one I hate, by the way. I just checked the notes on AMD. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one and I was like, this one thing, blows. <laughs> two was I did not like when they said Wes Craven presents like Wishmaster or Dracula 2000. <laughs> like he was just a producer. <laughs> Yeah. Remember that one? Oh, I remember. I definitely remember. Sure does rock, but... So ridiculously bad. Yeah. Well, it's just Craven's name on it. They thought it would be good. What, what were you saying, Ray? Are you saying Wishmaster rocks? By, uh, I, was, I do like Wishmaster. Yeah. I, I, I do I was, like it too. Yeah, it's it's no Dracula 2000. But... All, all, all the cameos in that one were good too. All the, you know, you had Tony Todd. Yeah. Like that was good. Dracula 2000. Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's Dracula getting affected by Y2K. <laughs> He wasn't compliant. He's yeah. the one guy. He's the one guy. That, that, that would have been a better movie than what that we That would have been a way better movie than what it actually was. <laughs> it's also a Dracula 3000, but we don't talk about that. No, that's with Caster Van D. Wow. wow. What, what a career. Show. What a career of West. Gerard Butler is Dracula in Dracula 2000, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yes. And that's and, how and, we got uh, the role of Fam in the Opera. That 70s rapist was, uh, was also in it. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of, yeah, uh, but it really goes. Isn't Nathan like, Fillion in that from like uh, Firefly and all that? Yeah, he is. He plays the priest or whatever. But it really shows that you know, Wes Craven had a career that spanned like three decades. But it doesn't seem like he directed that many films. No, he didn't. Well, and like I think everyone agrees that the first Nightmare movie is fantastic, at least in mm-hmm. retrospect. Maybe not. And the also, time. Last House on the Left is good too. And last Last House on the Left is 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 well regarded. Uh, I think. I think Hills, Hills Have Eyes is respected amongst genre enthusiasts, but yeah. pr- not from like a mainstream audience. Mm-hmm. And the problem, and Andy mentioned this, was Scream. Is that Scream was was again like the, the 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 immediate child of New Nightmare, right? But he didn't really get the credit for it. 
And it was sort of like one of those things where it was a cultural phenomenon. And somehow, yeah, and maybe it had to do with the fact that he's like, you know, well, I didn't write this. You know, like this, it's the guy yeah. that wrote it. But like, it's interesting that, uh, I mean, because he was like, like what, what's it, Jay and Bob strike back? Right, like he was like, <laughs> like, he, <laughs> like as himself, like he definitely like became like a like a, a niche cultural zeitgeist figure, but like never really yeah. got its due, I would say. And he is a quality director. I mean, like, like he might do crap, like like direct bad movies, and he's mm-hmm. done some stinkers. But like, um, if anybody else directed Red Eye, Red Eye would just be absolute garbage. Uh, oh yeah, you know, Killian Murphy couldn't even, uh, you know, save that movie. But um, uh-huh. uh, the the, the thing though know, is like like uh, it's almost like a Alfred Alfred Hitchcock movie the way the way he directs Red Eye, and um, it's not that good of a film, but like it's it's what he's doing behind the you know behind the camera, and you know here you you know you can see him with a good script, and and like uh, there there are moments where like like the music kind of swells like an Alfred Hitchcock movie in the, in yeah. the Nightmare. I, and I was kind of thinking that, like, uh, like yeah, it was very Hitchcock like with the music in the background. Well, he's sure. ta- he's a talented director. I mean, look at people under the stairs, right? Yeah, which is like a true yeah. heads will know kind of film, for yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> what, what's we, the um, we've covered, we've covered, but it was before you jumped on. Yeah, I remember. I was, I was I was pissed that I wasn't on yeah. that one. <laughs> so, these are all the films that he was the executive producer on Wishmaster, Carnival of Souls, Dracula 2000, Feast, The Breed, and The Girl in the Photographs. That was right. That was, I think, the year he died, or right before he died. He died in 2016 or 2015, right? I think so. Uh, I never did see those feast movies. That's, yeah, me neither. That's the winner of Project Greenlight. Oh, was it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, Robert Rodriguez. Okay. Uh, People Under the Stairs is interesting as the film before New Nightmare, like that he did. Um, like you know the last one before that. Which kind of makes it for like a three-year break between movies, which is kind of crazy. But well, um, what was music of the heart all back? Real quick? I, I know we're gonna we're gonna move on in a second, but it's like uh, a Ray, Mr. Holland's Opus. Yeah, it's not like a horror movie street. at all. No, right? yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it has yeah. real street in it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no it was joke, basically really. him trying to say like I, I'm more than just a horror director. Because uh, hey, you dicks, check this. John out. Carpenter, Gloria Estefan, and Angela Bassett. Yeah, but uh, but I, I feel like People Under the Stairs is interesting because like he's already kind of thinking about like longstanding tropes um, like within the horror genre and trying to kind of uh, kind of parasited fit. before parasite. Yeah. Well, he's also trying, <laughs> yeah. to, trying to, he's trying to like fix a lot of the, the tropes that kind of uh, yeah. had become a stale, like, you know, like the whole, like, Oh, well there aren't that many black people in horror movies and they're definitely not yeah. black lead actors in horror movies. And when and they if are, they're in there, they, they die of, first. Yeah. So like he's, he's clearly trying to, I mean, there is like a black characters that die first within you know people under the stairs, but that's just because like a lot of the cast is black and like it's kind of a he's clearly thinking about these long-standing disparities and like tropes and all those ideas to like experiment with them right before kind of coming up with his two big like uh, incredibly deconstructive horror movies. Yeah, deconstructing the franchise. Yeah. yeah. After that, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I, it's wild because I do think he's an underrated director. But then if you like stop and break it down, like he doesn't have like he doesn't have like a Carpenter style, like oh my god, no, you, oh my, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And he just has a bunch of ones like yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, it's good. It's a good film. You know, and then like oh yeah, that one's better than than a lot of ones in the genre. This one's interesting. <laughs> Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, we 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 goofed on Vampire in Brooklyn while you're while yeah. you're away. I mean, like whatever. It's you could do a lot worse yeah. and. Yeah. Eddie Murphy has. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> and recently. What if the vampire wore a fat suit? Uh, like, all right, Eddie Murphy, calm, calm down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, so I think it's time, right? Is it time? Yep. Were you guys doing um, this while I was gone? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. KT did a really good job. She did a really good job. But the first time we tried to reconstruct your monologue, and I like put out like the first line, and then KT kind of threw the line out there. Like we kind of tried, we deconstructed your monologue. <laughs> it's the new nightmare of the Letterbox one-liners, really. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, of course, Letterbox is a place for, uh, it's a social media site for film lovers to talk at, with, and to each other about the movies that they love, maybe the movies that they didn't love, the movies that they have very specific makeup-related comments about. Uh, all of this is uh, best expressed, of course. You can you can use it any way you want, but it's best expressed succinctly. Uh, you know, there's not just Siskel's and Ebert's of the world invoked in this very episode. So everybody gets to have their say, bottom-up democracy. That's a good Especially thing Especially when it. one of them was very wrong. Uh, everybody gets to have their say, but it's it's it's, it's best uh, you keep it tight. You're working your tight five at the comedy store, right? You're 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 keeping it tight. You're keeping it succinct, and you're keeping it just right for this bit, which is that we put them on screen and we uh, react to and goof. You on got them. you got to keep it tight so you can fit in those leather pants. <laughs> That's good. That was right there. I wasn't thinking about it. These are letterbox one liners for New Nightmare. This is the scariest one, even though Freddie looks like a Dick Tracy villain. <laughs> 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 I mean, true. I mean, not wrong. Yeah. I do hate his pants in this. Well, it's, it's, and it's the hat, right? Like the hat really makes the Dick Tracy look. Uh, yeah, pop. yeah. He's super tall. Yeah, very Dick Tracy. Expect like Warren Beatty to come running out any moment. <laughs> was he, was, is, he gonna, is he? Is he going to say? Um, Socialism. Wait, is he gonna? <laughs> yeah, all right, I can't, I can't, I can't grab it that can't, fast. Can't, it's fine. Fine. Let's pretend we saw it. It's fine. <laughs> we, all, we all know what it is. Freddy's arm should always be as long as it is in the final battle. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, That's Sadie, by the way. That's Sadie, uh, Speedy Ortiz Sadie. So, I, I shout out like, Sadie. I feel like there needs to be, a, you know, a, a few less like features for Freddy. Like, I feel like it's just unfair. Like, they should even it out a tiny bit so that Freddy, uh, is, is fighting on you know on, on on similar terrain to at least some of the humans, or like or like Freddy versus Mike Tyson. Wait, wait, all right. So you're talking about this is arm specific related comments? <laughs> no, just I just feel like Freddy's given the advantage. This is home turf in all these all right. movies. You know, fair enough. Okay. Where's the where's the disparity uh, correction? Remember when meta humor was fresh and fun and not overly played out? Wes was always ahead of the curve. Amen. Word. I disagree. That's just one I agree with. I'm like, yes, I agree with this. It's, yes. Well, it really, it really is like the, the Blair Witch Project phenomenon with like yes. uh, found footage stuff, right? Like there's some really good examples of deconstructive like meta horror. And then there's a lot, a lot, a lot of like corny fucking terrible examples that are just cringe. So they're like, please don't, uh, you know, please don't reference the meme of the day within this horror movie, please. Like. Uh, by the way, since uh, this background, great, by the way. Uh, Tracy Middendorf's death scene was actually in a rotating room. I think that's kind of an interesting yep. little tidbit. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yo, it's the same one where they filmed the virtual insanity video. Oh, no. <laughs> no that's shit, not, really? Not, no, no. Not really. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, you got me. <laughs> Among the scary additions to this new Freddy look are his leather pants. <laughs> They're terrible. Freddy a, a small cod piece, too, like. 
Yeah. It's really, really, David Bowie it up. There's, there's a lot of decision making going on there, and some of them may have been on cocaine. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's like I it's like I always say, cocaine is period a hell of a drug. Right, right. If I remember correctly, <laughs> Freddie looks kind of buff in this. He does kind of look buff in yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Compared to skinny, flanky Robert England. Let's call it up. He's like, I've been working out. <laughs> I've been getting gains. Just have you? Bench pressing in that furnace room. <laughs> hey, Nancy, you feeling swole? <laughs> God damn it. Do you even lift, bro? <laughs> he's like, he's like, Nancy, I hope you're getting in your reps. It's <laughs> it's just, it's it's cutting season. <laughs> all right, all right. Wes Craven really said, fuck y'all, lame-ass sequels. Here's how to make a good horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just and, agree and with he, this. And he kind of skewers them. Like, I wonder if anybody that had directed one of the sequels was, like, a little offended, like, oh, geez, he's coming after. But, I mean, I guess he's coming after the concept of the sequels, right? Like, I guess he never really uh, focuses on a specific one to... Yeah. yeah, well, he praised the direction of, like, Nightmare 4, at least. He's like, oh, he because he kind of continued with where Nightmare 3 was going. Yeah, which is... Yeah, and, and Nightmare 3, uh, he did actually, like, low-key bash the director by saying that he didn't get a good performance out of Dan, uh, uh, out of uh, Heather uh, in that film. Uh, yeah. That was the guy, that guy made The Mask, right? That's the guy that made The Mask and Scorpion King and all that. He also stuff. made The Blob, which is a terrific... Oh, the, the 88 block. Oh, I like, I like yeah. the 88 block. Yeah. yeah Me too. Good. Been a minute. If you want to get a good you know, thing out of her, you have to just keep calling her house, keeping her on her toes. I think he also made a racer too, which I totally forgot yeah. existed. Yeah, I watched that recently and forgot about that movie until you said something. The movie rocks. Yeah, not bad. You could do worse. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> Rex fucking dies. No. Cry emojis. He was a real one. Fist bump. Yeah. My, yeah. My. He he was he was keeping fucking Freddy down in the in Barbie world. <laughs> Nor normally I do not pull ones that have emojis because it feel like it just doesn't translate to like the podcast. But I thought that one was good. Yes. He was he was a real one though. He was a real one. <laughs> Crucially missing a Fat Boys cameo. True. Mm. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> yeah, it's uh Oh man, Shaft died. That was the thing that happened. What? What are you talking about? No, I was just reading something on Twitter. The guy who plays Shaft died. During my bit, how dare you? <laughs> wait, 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 round three? <laughs> I thought I thought for a second you said Shaq died. And I, was like, I, I was like, if Shaq died, that seems like it's bigger it should be bigger news than just like a off <laughs> are, are you saying Richard Roundtree died? Yeah. Okay. Freddy Krueger looks like a bootleg action figure of himself in this. Lol. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and 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 ironically, it's taking aim at the fact that there are Freddy action figures. Like right, that's right, like, right. yeah. <laughs> like, bro, you made you made a life size one. Bought me the glove, but not the figure. I, I I'm not mad at it, but where's the lie? Really, I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> I get it. Wes Craven's the player. True. <laughs> <laughs> this should have way more than five likes, by the way. That's it, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's I also funny. think I, I want to see a, now a version of fucking this movie where it's uh, Tim Robbins playing Freddy Krueger. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Okay. Can't be any worse than uh, Haley Joel Osment. What, what was his name? <laughs> Freddy said, uh, Freddy said, by the way, it's not they're not they're not after me. They're after you. 
I'm just in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the Letterboxd one-liners for New Nightmare. It's great to be back, folks. It really is. Uh, please, please, please follow uh, the real Freddy over there. Not, not, uh, not the fake one. The real, the real Freddy K. Uh, we're gonna K. we're gonna knock off the uh, movie night extravaganza. We're gonna make a, a different fucking letterbox for it soon, right? We we are. So for right now, follow him. Oh yeah, I gotta do that. Uh, follow him on Letterboxd, uh, Movie Night Extra. That's your host, Force Miller. There at least one more show, and uh, I of course am uh, at Conan Neutron. Freddy's Wait, I'm only hosting one more show. No, <laughs> it will only be your username for one of the. You have I to know, figure something else kidding. out. Bro. It was just the way you the way you phrased it made it sound like I was getting kicked off of. <laughs> Man, <laughs> my guy, I've been on the road for three weeks. Give me, give me some slack, would you? Jesus Christ. Frankie uh, said, cut, cut in some slack. Exactly. Thank you, Frankie. Uh, at Conan Neutron, that's me. Uh, Freddy's Leather Pants. I'm one away from finishing the Criterion Challenge. I guess you could try to guess what it is. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty easy to guess at this point. There's only one left. Uh, but follow me along for all that stuff. The highbrow, the midbrow, the populace for everything in between. Jay Andrew, New World. Can't sleep. The clown will eat him. But also, he's watching the weirdest stuff, so you don't have to. Or maybe say you can. I am not one to judge. I'm just here reporting the, the facts. I'm calling balls and strikes, people. That's all I'm doing. And I do not want to see Andy's New World Order. <laughs> no, it's, no, we're good. It's a. Uh, I thought is it's that a just New Order cover band? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's not so bad. <laughs> Okay. Uh, anyway, he's Sting. Fo follow him on Letterboxd. Uh, Christina is all about Wes Craven's acting, all about logging on occasionally and uh, dropping in some uh, some science uh, here and there. She's on Letterboxd. So you go and follow her on there. Uh, Raygun Bush has a great Letterboxd account. Again, he's one of the few, like I said, like maybe five people, most of which are on this show, that I trust for horror stuff. <laughs> even if i don't always agree i still like to read whatever he's got uh it's a it's a it's a good account to follow so follow him on there as well uh new world order <laughs> that's a horror i'm not gonna say it. No. jay jay new world take it away with the plugs why don't you all right uh if you're watching us on youtube right now please do those youtube things like comment subscribe hit that bell and of course the big ass to help us uh be discovered by more movie fans watch the video to the end you get to hear that great Conan Neutron song, and we get the get those uh, eyeballs on our sandals. So it's a good trade. It's a good trade. Uh, do what that. do they get? Nothing. They get to hear your music. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. <laughs> you say it like it's a yeah, bad I, thing, Tony. I guess that's a reward. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a good reward. Um, and uh, if you're over on Twitch right now, uh, do the Twitch stuff. Throw us a sub. Um, if you happen to have an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe to our channel for free. Does not cost you anything, but actually really does help out our uh, show. And uh, we, we thank you very much for those of you who can do that. Um, I feel like a negligent father coming in. I'm like, what's happening to this show? I don't know. Kids are in fourth grade now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You. You. <laughs> um, if, if you want to uh, find us on social media, uh, you know, we are on uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and uh, Blue Sky. So, you know, if. Uh, you happen to be on any of those sites, find Movie Night Extravaganza, follow us there, uh, find out what we're, what's happening with us, and uh, say hi. Uh, we'll definitely answer you back. Pro tip, we're probably talking about a movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have a Patreon uh, that helps us out. Uh, one of the nice things you get is access to all of our after parties, like the one we're doing tonight, where we are going to have a special guest, uh, Katie uh, Baldessaro. How uh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Katie Lang. 
<laughs> that would be a special guy. That would be amazing. Um, but no, KT Baldassaro is coming on to uh, uh, say hi to you because she missed you while while you were out. Oh, and yeah, she's, yeah. she's she's my she's my substitute drill instructor. They can keep all y'all in line except for and, and Rekha, except for Christina, who's innocent. Are you going to join us for the after party? Sure. Yeah. Way to put him on the spot, bro. Okay. <laughs> I've been trying to ask him a question all night, and you know, this is the first time I had a, you know, something to ask. <laughs> all right. Well, must be tough to be you, anyway. I know. I know. I'm, I'm failing. I'm failing. But I drew a pretty picture this week, so that's good. There you go. Uh, Are you talking about the ants on Forest Head for Redditor? Yes. <laughs> oh, you should you should see what I'm doing right now. I'm working oh, on a. Uh, Can't uh, wait. Yeah, I'm working on our Exorcist episode. It's kind oh, of Um. <laughs> So, Conan, yes. uh, you are back from tour. Regrettably, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great time. Yeah, and if you want to hear all about it, uh, I think I'm going to opine a bit about that in the after party, uh, give the highlights to our loving fans, um, and not bore anybody that just is coming in to hear about New Nightmare. Yeah. So, that was great. It was awesome. And, of course, you know that was in support of your brand new album, Adult Prom, which is a split EP with Lung. You got it. That is true. Yes, and uh, you can find all that at NeutronFriends.Bandcamp.com. Yes, and uh, there was a video premiered today off of the record, a song called We Were Wolves. If you want to see me, uh, well, me with a really scary-looking werewolf mask and werewolf gloves playing guitar, and then uh, some really good animation uh, that was not done by me uh, that premiered today on Big Takeover. So that's uh, that's a, I think this is... Oh, here we go. Here, here's the... This is the record cover. That's not the one thing I was just talking about. But yeah, here you go. Looks records like it's got on our records vans on records. And Thank of you. course, uh, <laughs> <Thank> you know, <laughs> if you need more uh, kind of neutron in your life uh, and you haven't quite figured out what that is behind him, uh, Conan, uh, Conan Neutron Photonic Reversal is uh, his podcast about music. And uh, I know you haven't done an episode in a little bit, but uh, who was on before you took off? Uh, the, uh, the guy from Baroness who are playing yes. with, uh, Chapile coming up. Um, right. That's still happening. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, John basically, he's awesome. This week though, is Todd trainer from shellac. So, all right. Noise rock nerds be happy. And, and of course, <laughs> if, if you uh, want to support that, uh, just a dollar a month folks, uh, you get episodes early and that helps out Conan make uh protonic reversal. Ryan's gonna help me pay my power bill, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it does. Yeah, correct. You were correct. At some point, it'll reverse again, right? And then yeah. it'll be uh, protonic, protonic, just versal, I guess. I don't know. You know? <laughs> I suppose it will. Yeah. All right. And uh, Christina's <laughs> over there on Twitch. <laughs> right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> We're going to work on this material. Look, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sick and I've been around sheep all weekend just doing my stand-up for the sheep. And you know what I mean? Excuses. Like, they, <laughs> context is everything. Uh, yeah, We'd like to welcome Christina's audience to whatever the hell this is. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, thank you for putting it up for us because I know we're, you're here for her. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and, of course, go over there and support Christina's Patreon. Yes, for a dollar or whatever. I always say if you can't, if you don't want to subscribe to my Twitch, like the four ninety nine or whatever, fuck $1. off. That's what you always yeah, say. Like, right? <laughs> like one dollar on Patreon can help me out a lot too. Yeah, it's amazing. That's, that's the substitute. You, if you donate one dollar, 
right now on Patreon. Actually, <laughs> I might oh, I might put my uh, birthday party stream on Patreon. So because oh. I don't post vods, so uh, you might some y'all might get to see my panties. I was just saying, I was drunkenly dancing with Dan from the web. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I barely remember that night, but it was a lot of fun from what it I It wasn't that long of a tour. I missed out on so much. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Including her panties, apparently. Apparently, yes. yeah. So, so that's going to – Patreon subscriptions have increased by 2,000%. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> and and uh, uh, one, one, of the, one of her new Patreon subscribers – <laughs> the fast zoom in is what gets me on that yeah. and uh Reagan, uh you, you're in chat pile which uh, right. we uh saw this year are you aware of that are you aware <laughs> <laughs> you know this i saw you uh, at uh caterwall oh that's right yeah mm, yes that was fun good time yeah you're, you're talking about movies there too like on stage as he often does Yes. At one point, at one point, I think I was near the stage and I yelled, "Movies!" Because you're like, anybody like movies? And I was like, "Movies!" Yeah, Trauma this is a big Minneapolis movie, right? And Little Big League. I, I I managed on the way out to my tour. I dropped by their show in Lawrence, and it was a bit of a struggle, but he pulled it off. He pulled he pulled off some local localish references to Lawrence, Kansas. Nothing for Lawrence specifically, but. I forgot yeah, what they were. Yeah, there's a lot for Lawrence. Yeah. It's like Carnival Souls. But it's Carnival Souls fucks, so that's... Yeah. Something... That's yeah. yeah. Man, I haven't seen that since, like, middle school. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and, of Here. course, you know, go to chatpile.bandcamp. Here's the store dates. You're welcome. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going out again, right? It's a, it's a West Coast... Uh, well, Mountain West and West Coast. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah, west of the Mississippi. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and for all those people that keep yelling about why are you playing, why aren't you playing Los Angeles? Why aren't you playing Los Angeles? They're fucking playing Los Angeles. Stop asking. It's a substance festival. Yeah. So, thank you. Mm, substance. True. Go for some. Yeah. So there you go. November second to November eighteenth, Denver, Salt Lake City, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Phoenix, Colorado Springs, Minneapolis, Chicago, Iowa City, and Columbia. And that should be That's great. Right. So yeah, if you live near any of those places, look for Chat Pile. It'll be and do not fun. ask them when they're playing there because they, you, we just told you. Oh, uh, inevitably, the day after we play, like Albuquerque, it'll yeah. be somebody will be like, "I wish they'd come to New Mexico." Bro, I got, I, I got a. You know, when are you gonna play Portland yeah. again? I'm like, last night. Last night is when we're gonna play Portland yes, again. Yeah. <laughs> like like. Can't win them all. Oh, I didn't know. Truly, what do, you, truly. do you want an engraved invitation? Do you want a singing telegram? What's it going to take? Anyway, whatever. This is that pure yeah. after party stuff. But. I, it's totally. <laughs> and I and I think we should talk about uh, your split EP with uh, with Nerver. Hmm. Talk about it right now or in the after party? We could talk about it right now. That uh, you can, uh, according to your Bandcamp, you can pre-order the EP. Uh, it's I mean, been the, out for uh, a while. We're talking about. I don't know. I'm just reading it. I'm. Re- <laughs> I'm not at yeah. his merch table. I'm reading off his band camp. That's available via uh, The Ghost is Clear and Reptilian Records. Or through us or through Nerver, probably, too. They did that whole tour with Nerver, too. I got to see those guys. And Nitosphere, yeah. who was a surprise to me, and I liked quite a bit. Oh, Nitosphere is fantastic. They were Everybody really good. I like them. Check out their album. 
I, th- I thought that, I thought they, they, that was like I knew Nerva was great. I knew Chapaya was great. Catabasis, I think, is what the album was called. Check it out. Nice. I, beer. I was impressed, and I'm hard yeah. to impress. And, and Brothers in uh, Christ is the name of that record, by the way. You missed the most funny part of that, by the way. Yes. No, I, uh, I yes. wrote it down and forgot to say that. Yes, my fault. It's it's, it's in my notes. I'll. Uh, but uh, you you also have um, a, a podcast called Across the Puniverse with Luther yes. Manhall and Brian Manning. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, Luther Manhall from Chapile and Brian Manning from Bostonage, and also. He works for the Flinzer. He's one of the main people at the Flinzer, our label. And we talk about Albert Pune movies. So, like a lot of our guests are people from Flinzer bands, but we also have George from Deaf Heaven and um, Carson Pace from Callous Cowboys was on there too. So it's fun. It's a fun podcast talking about movies, talking about Albert Pune movies. Yeah, those are great films. Like, like they're great bad movies. Yeah, indeed. He did uh, Dollman, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's we did an episode of... on Dollman, so nice. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I'm behind on every podcast because nobody in the band likes listening to podcasts. Oh, uh, it's all good. So. <laughs> It'll be this the beauty of it though. It'll be up there. You know, people can listen to it now. It would be a great time to check it out. You know, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, I guess I guess that's it for the plugs. Da, 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 da. All right. Well, <laughs> that's... that's a good that's a good exit a good exit strategy. My exit strategy would have been, oh God, but I don't have the power of the gift. Do you have the power of the gift? You got the touch. You got the power. <laughs> but uh, but Randy, do you have final thoughts on New Nightmare? Or the sequel, Newer Nightmare. You know, I really don't love this movie. We didn't talk about it too critically, or nobody asked me. I get, or I didn't get into it. We're asking you but now. You're asking me now. And I will say, peace and love. I don't really think this is a very good movie, but like the little boy is horrible in it. No, no one is good in it. Like acting wise. Peace and love, but like it is doing a lot of interesting things. Glove is cool. I think the repeat of the girl getting dragged up to the ceiling is actually maybe better in some ways than it is in the original movie. There's elements that are cool. So I don't know, but it's not, I rank it kind of low, even within the nightmare, within Nightmare on Elm Street, but. So, all right. I don't know how we didn't get into that. <laughs> but uh, Christina, final thoughts? Uh, the opposite of what he said. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Fair enough. All right. All right, uh, Andy. Uh, this is probably the one I've watched the most for some reason. Um, I, I watched it a lot in high school. Like, like uh, I, I haven't seen this in years, but uh, uh, I just kept checking it out of the library because uh, they had it. And I, I really, you know, like, like there wasn't anything quite like this, uh, you know, so it really was exciting to actually uh, see something that was this, this kind of unique, almost like a documentary. Um, and I think 
the bad acting is so Miko Hughes does not feel as bad. Uh, and uh, kind of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're all holding back. Yeah, Wes Craven's holding it back. Now. So he's, like, a, he's aware of it now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure Miko Hughes, because uh, I did watch the, uh, the, the, the unofficial sequel that Miko Hughes did for this movie. Okay. And it was, it was research funny. nobody asked you to do, by the way. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I got, I, I'm thorough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as long yeah. as nobody cares about it, you're very thorough. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, nobody else is going to watch it. I'll take uh, that. He's the one guy. One view. It's Andy. Yeah. Yep. There we go. It's me. <laughs> but uh, no, this, um, uh, it's my favorite just because of like, like the ideas behind it being meta is just so, you know, just so mind blowing at the time. And I, like I said, it was just, I watched the hell out of it in high school. Um, uh, I did miss it in the theater, which, which I, uh, you know, I'd seen like the previous two in the theater and I was bummed about missing it in the theater, but Hey, you know, I got to see it plenty on uh, VHS. All right. Well, Conan neutrino. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think this is ground zero for the meta horror movement, unfortunately. And the the first one to kind of actually make Freddy Krueger scary and ominous rather than a total clown. So you know, peace and love, peace and love. And the it's the first the first one rules, and some of the others have their moments. But by the time I got to Freddy's Dead, it was yawn fest as far as I was concerned. Uh, impossible to overstate how wild it was when it came out, and, and to hear the premise uh, in a way that you could not repeat. Now everybody's too aware of everything. Uh, opening at the same time as Pulp Fiction did it no favors whatsoever. Uh, but I think this works. And later on, obviously with Scream, the meta horror boulder would really start rolling down the hill and basically poison an entire generation of movies. Uh, I wish the kid actor was better. I think it drags the whole very clever affair down. You know, how many times do you hear the word Dylan like in this movie? It's like, oh my God. He screams, he goes, ah. Uh, I personally think it doesn't get enough credit. I think it's very smart and a must for the fans, and and it's definitely a click or two away from masterpiece level or anything along those lines. But uh, I, I I do enjoy it, and I was very excited to. So uh, the opposite of Randy. <laughs> it's not the well, opposite. I, I I think he's got some, 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 some substantive critiques. I just think that this is. I think it's interesting. I think it's a shame it could have been like the best ever, and like it just it wasn't. But I, I feel like it was very good. And I will I say. I think this movie has as much in common with being John Malkovich as it does with Scream, you know, to its credit. I feel like it's kind of like... Didn't you hate being John Malkovich? I did hate that movie. <laughs> but it's it's also... An Not to narc you out, but... <laughs> it's also an important movie, you know, yeah, that yeah, like yeah. people... That is groundbreaking. And, if you care ways. about films in the way that you care about films, you yeah. So I mean, sure. I was trying to trying to boost up New Nightmare a little bit from what I said, but yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of boring. It's like two full hours; it doesn't need to be that long. It's it's it suffers from the same thing that modern movies have, which is like, why is this this long? <laughs> like, you should really have cut this to be shorter. There's yeah. so many, there's so many scenes where they're just like. My husband died, and they're like, I know. My son's kind of crazy. No, he's not crazy. I think he might be crazy. No, you're good. Like, <laughs> you could cut, he like, might be the crazy five, one. five of those yeah. scenes down. I just, feel just, like... Yeah, I mean, you really just could replace the in- entire entirety of those kinds of scenes with, uh, you know, something like more like this, maybe. You know, <laughs> or or or, uh, or or you have Freddie trying to get to the real world, but on the way he buys his leather pants. He's like, "This is for it." He's like, "Yeah, 
I just want something, you know, terrifying. And they're like, oh, do I have <laughs> the, the look for you? Leather I suppose pants. they are terrifying pants. And I mean, depending on and me. and a fedora that like, you know, you could be the Nathan Robinson of uh, of <laughs> of Barbie world. <laughs> But uh, look, we're we're streaming three times this week. So Friday we're doing Hereditary. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm tired of thinking about it already. But... <laughs> yeah, I was trying not to be on mic when I made that <laughs> exasperated sigh. But yeah, yeah, we're doing Hereditary gonna be on good. Friday. I like that one. Yeah, and so with great. Renee, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it better be better than our fucking Midsummer episode because Ugh. I hated that. Um, and then we're gonna be I doing mean... The Exorcist on All Hallows Eve. You know, yes. like the old, uh, yeah. So I gotta figure out what I'm gonna dress up as. I haven't seen that one since I was a kid, so that's gonna be interesting. Don't tell me it scared you. I, well, you'll have to tune in to find out, won't you? Okay. I too was afraid of Catholicism as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna go to the after party where I'm gonna have more thoughts like that. Oh.